Thanks for coming back, buddy. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Oh, man. So much going on. So much going on. Hey, before we... Um, we were having a very interesting conversation off camera that yeah. has to stay off camera for obvious reasons. <laughs> but um, I just want to state, uh, for those who have tuned in to, to listen to what Rocco has to say, I just want to reiterate something here. We're not... Um, this show is not a big infomercial. We're not running... Um, you know, commercials for people mm. in Pittsburgh. We're not. This is, I think, this is a misconception, though, that, uh, yeah. that we're, you know, I have business owners, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. friends, people that I'm just meeting for the first time. There's no criteria. There's no litmus test. Uh, we're not collecting money to promote anybody here. Yeah. I just want to say that because there's been a couple of rumblings that we're only inviting people that have businesses, one business against another business. And it's flattering that people are watching. That's yeah. cool. But there's no agenda. And quite frankly, it really is about the conversation. Yeah. And, and that, I say that people don't want to listen to that. The people, people, Some people think it's really about some other ulterior motive. There's got to be some other angle. Eric, you're not telling me everything. <laughs> What's the angle? But but that's the problem today, right? Everybody thinks there's an angle to everything. And the fact is, this is purely a show based upon conversations. Uh-huh. Like, that's what makes it special. And I we think were talking so. about it beforehand. You know, so. There's an art to what you do. There's mm. an art form to the way you ask questions, the way you steer a conversation. There's no agenda to it. Mm. And again, but I think because that there's such purity to what you do mm-hmm. people think they're missing something there's got to be an agenda how are you how is this happening i'm missing something mm-hmm. but guess what not everybody has an agenda sometimes you just like people ask me that like as a lawyer like you don't charge for consultations i'm like no like well, well what's 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 the agenda i'm like there isn't like i don't right. even know if i can help you yeah. like it's just not how i operate but mm-hmm. people and I don't blame those people because yeah, we're right. in condition to to look under every rock, of course, and to investigate. And I'm I'm all for investigating sure. everything. But to your point, we need to if we're going to investigate, we need to investigate everything. Exactly right. Part of the world right now, we're telling don't don't ask those questions. Just mm-hmm. just take what we say as the law, or take yeah. what we say as fact. No, 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 no. You're totally right. I, I, I think, and again, that comes back to the whole conversation we've talked about about thinking yeah. and critical thinking. Yeah. And, and, thinking on your feet and all that stuff. I just want people to understand that <laughs> it's a very personal thing that I'm doing here yeah. and there's not a, oh my gosh, we're not excluding anybody. I've been introduced yeah. to some amazing people and I'm just getting to so many people that are on this list. There's a list of people that I would like to maybe possibly have conversations with. And then I get introduced amongst that, amongst working through this list, I'm introduced to other people that that have maybe, um, I don't know, that I gravitate more immediately. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I, uh, uh, I can just think of uh, Dr. Shannon was on and she introduced me to a couple of people that once I reached out to them, yeah. um, I was like, wow, I can't wait to talk to both of them. So, yeah. yeah, I did rearrange schedules to make that happen, but it's not to slight anybody. No. Everybody's looking to be offended by <laughs> something. And I'm, I mean, I don't... There's nothing to be offended by here. No. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no ang- no angle. And I'm happy for every entrepreneur. If some mm-hmm. guy, gal, has a great business, awesome. Yeah, right. But really, I need to I need to leave the conversation feeling like, selfishly, I got something from yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. Not that I was blowing someone's horn for advertisement purposes. I would never want to 
do that. No, that's not the point of this show. That's not why you started it. That's not no. why you do it, and that's not what the end goal is. So I maybe I, I haven't it. done a better enough a good enough job getting that message out there, Rocco. No, I I, you know? I disagree. I, I think you have. I think there are just some people, like you said, that will never see it that way because we're trained a certain way. We think a certain way, and. Well, if I'm not, you know, if someone asks you to be on the show and it maybe isn't the right guest or maybe there's mm. just, you just know, like there are certain people that they could be brilliant entrepreneurs and amazing people, but mm. you know, the conversation's going to be dull and boring and stoic and not exciting. And you have listeners and you want to be excited, right? Sometimes it just doesn't work, but well, people take effect. Like, yeah, it's it's that I'm not worthy. It's like no, it's not that. It's just that there's a theme to this, mm-hmm. and you may not fit that. Piece. No theme. <laughs> well, that's right, right. But but I mean, when I say theme, I mean there's a there's a certain art to this, and there's a certain you know. I have to be engaged. If, exactly. If I feel that that I I'm not going to do like if, if if I invite guest A on. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've already had a, a pre-conversation. They've come on a referral or I've investigated. I looked into their business and there's, there's something intangible there that sparks something yeah. in me. I may want to talk with that person. Mm-hmm. It's purely selfish. I can assure you the reason, pe- reason you're here is because yeah. I thoroughly enjoy our conversation. And there's been a lot of great feedback, which I'm appreciative. Yeah, I appreciate but in the that. end, if no one even watches, yeah. it doesn't really matter because this is just selfishly for me hey i look you forward to these I mean? all the time I mean, I'm, it's selfish to me too like of course i'll clear my schedule come here i love well, it it's 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 a, it's just fun to have these conversations i, I think so and, and, and it's just a reminder to people that we need to get back to real conversations yes and, and, and look we're not solving the world's problems no and we're certainly not trying to slight anybody the fact that anyone cares enough to even want to be on here is is thank you yeah but believe me it's not um Boy, it's such a slippery slope. But I've had this conversation with um, other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to, you know, we initially did have a little board of people that were helping me decide who to come on. And then that became too structured. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is something that I don't want to be part of. Um, I just really want it to be do I feel the vibe or not? Do I feel I resonate with this person? Because look, I, if I have someone on that I am not really effective at communicating with, yeah. That, no one wants to see that. No one wants to, to listen to that. I mean, no. I wouldn't want to listen to that. No. And selfishly, I don't want to spend the time yeah. in my life to go through the process. Mm-hmm. You know, this no. is not a money revenue. I'm not making any money. No. And you're putting a lot of time into this. Yeah, So, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. As long as I'm getting something out of it, and that's the, the experience of the conversation. Yeah. So it isn't – and look – I'm not saying that uh, people are sending people with good ideas and mm-hmm. so forth, and I may get to a lot of them. It's just going to take a little while. But yeah. if it resonates with me, then yeah. But I, I mean, I'm not trying to slight anybody. <laughs> the fact that anybody wants to come on here is amazing to me. So yeah, it's, it's just about having a good time and, yeah. and we're putting it out there. If people find value and they dig yeah. it, that's great. They seem to be curious, so that's yeah. great. If they don't, that's fine too. I love it. But I just I had to laugh. I'm like. No, I, I'm, first off, it's nothing against you. Yeah. I've had, you know, this person sells food. I'm thinking in my mind, I've had their food a couple of towns away from us. Yeah. There's no one local here. Mm-hmm. I've had their food. It's wonderful. Yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yep. I just don't feel compelled to sit down and talk with them. Yeah. You know, and maybe that'll change someday. I don't yeah. know. 
Yeah. It's just nothing personal. No, but but right. Come yeah, on. No, but, I mean, but but everything's personal to everybody now. It's just it's the way everybody's looking to be slighted, slighted, offended. offended. It's just and we got to get past that to 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 right the ship in this country. Yeah. We got we've got to be more positive. Mm-hmm. We've got to start looking at the world differently. We've got to we've got to be okay with differing opinions and. Not, not total alignment between viewpoints, yeah. and it's okay if someone says something you don't agree with. It doesn't mean it's that you're it's offensive. It's just it's Sounds that's right how you me. solve problems. Mm-hmm. You know, dissent, differing opinions, but we're so afraid to even say things anymore because yeah. of the offense police out there. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. I, I, it's it's a little bit sad too because, mm-hmm. like somebody said to me. Um, you know, the city papers every year they do their best of whatever, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Magazine's best of the best. I vote for people that I think are doing astounding stuff, yep. but like, you know, someone said, Well, you know, wouldn't it be nice if the podcast would do this or be involved in this? I'm like, No, I'm not interested <laughs> in any of that stuff, man. I just that's just but that's just yeah. me because there's no it's not my vocation. Yeah. If it was my vocation, you could damn well straight better believe. Yeah. That I'd be out there doing all I could to brand, of course, and to monetize and run it as a business. Yeah, it's absolutely. not what we're doing. No, but why is that hard for people to? Because to, because to, people to get one because I, I I believe so. Take you right. You your vocation is that of a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. That's where you make money. That's your profession. Right. This is a love and a passion. Right. This mm-hmm. is something you love to do. It's a passion. I think so. It's not. It's not for the money. You just you get to have great mm-hmm. conversations with cool people. Mm-hmm. And document it. it exactly. Even for myself, so I can go back and listen to them again. <laughs> it, it's like a lifelong journal. <laughs> of, of, it, it really it's is. exactly right. But people, I, I think we're at a point in the world where people have lost passion. So like, see, what do you mean? Like, there, there's one, there, you know, t- a couple things, right? There's so much negativity in the world that people, I think, when they get excited about something, they don't know how to feel excited anymore. Okay. Because we've just yeah. been through all this shit. Right. Two, I think... People have lost that lust for life. And seeing someone like you that you're not doing this for money, you're not doing this to mm. to make money or as a business, you're just doing because you absolutely love it. Right. And when someone looks at that and doesn't have that feeling about anything, there's a huge disconnect. That's sad. It's, it is. It, it really is. And I think a lot of people are like that. And, and, and even business owners, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I find myself sometimes... I get so involved in what I'm doing that I forget the shit I actually love to do. I'm right. just fortunate enough that I actually love what I do for a living, so I don't feel that way so much. But I think right. a lot of people, you know, to use your example, when they see you in this piece of you that's just this passion project, but it's amazing, mm-hmm. they're like, well, I don't, I don't get it. Like, why? Like, there's got to be something else to it. There's got to be, you got to be doing, it's got to be for money, something, because they don't have that and they feel like if they don't you shouldn't either hmm. it's a shame it, it is it's, but it's again, a goofy way to live but it's how people are living it's how a lot of people are living these days we're just we're looking for the negative and i always say look if you want to if you want to see good in the world you'll see good if you want to see evil you'll see so see evil right. it's the choice of perspective mm-hmm. and people are just choosing mm-hmm. the the dark the negative the evil i feel like on, on a on a large scale these days and it's scary is it because it's easier is you th- yeah. do you think it's actually easier to be mm. negative than positive or are we just <laughs> trained to do that misery loves company right okay so let's start there i think to be to be positive, it 
it takes effort, right? I mean, I, it's, it's easy to get out of bed and just be pissed off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh, like, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm angry, I got to go to work. I was Rocco this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was good this morning. At I woke four, up at 4.15 in the morning. <laughs> no, I slept in a little bit today because I didn't, I, gym routine was a little bit different this morning, so I didn't get up as early. Okay, um, okay. But, but I think, you know, so that's an easy thing. It's just because you are tired, right? You, you feel it. To change that mindset and say, nope. I'm going to wake up positive and, and be happy and, and approach the day in a different way. That takes actual mental work. Okay. And that's where people have a struggle. They don't like to put that effort in and try and switch their mindset because the negative is the easy part. That's It's easy to fall into negativity because it's just there's no effort involved. To be positive, to look at things positively, to, to push yourself forward, that takes the work. And people just are at a point where they don't like to do the work. Hmm. That's what I see. I mean, maybe I'm looking at it from a different viewpoint, no. but that's how I see it. I think you're right. I think I think there's always, it really does come back to, in the end, it does always come back to that personal, um, yeah, just per, elements of personal discipline, yeah. personal responsibility, but, yes. it, but really it's how, how people really look at themselves. Mm-hmm. And if the view of themselves is not real complimentary to themselves, yeah. then the rest of the world is, they, is skewed in a negative way. Yeah. It really comes down to that. I no, think. I mean that's a that's a really good point because it's it's your you know your self perspective mm-hmm. and how you view yourself and you know and I think as I've gotten older, right and wiser, I like to say in my years, I've learned that about myself that it all starts with how you view yourself. Like everything starts there. If you don't love yourself and who you are and accept who you are, mm-hmm. you're not going to be loving or accepting of anything else. And that's a journey that every human being needs to go through. You know, mm-hmm. I went through that and we've talked about this before, kind of that journey of understanding the other side of myself, why I do those things, why I act that way, why I think that way and embracing that's part of who I am and right. just loving that side of myself too. Once you do that, everything becomes a lot easier because your perspective changes. But people, I think to your point, they don't take that time of self-reflection to really understand themselves and fall in love with themselves because they're, mm. they're, they're, they're getting love and happiness externally when it really comes from within. Okay. You know, and I think people are always looking for external validation, external feelings, but to really live a good life, I believe, and to be happy, it comes from within. It doesn't matter all the shit around you. If you're not happy in here, nothing else really matters, but that's hard to do. I just posted on social media another Epictetus quote I yesterday. I know. It's just that his whole story, I mean, philosophy is amazing. But yeah. The whole story of Epictetus is because he came to pauper. He came mm-hmm. from nothing. Yep. And he he became almost, I think, as renowned as Marcus Aurelius, mm-hmm. who came from wealth. But the yeah. two of them, you know, they yep. kind of meet in the same spot yeah. when it comes to stoicism. The, yeah, exactly right. But I think the the essence of this was that, or what Epictetus said in this diatribe was that if you're looking for external validation, you have already sacrificed your own integrity, mm-hmm. which was so heavy. Yeah, I mean that is like a, I mean, no one wants to really go there. No, no. <laughs> but 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 think about that. Break down that statement. So 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 you posted that. So what does that mean to you? That means that at some point in my life, or multiple points in my life, I could I've read that, and mm-hmm. and it's it's been a uh, you know it's been um, pointing out 
a problem yeah, that I've exactly. done multiple and multiple yep. and multiple times. Yeah. It's a yeah. reminder of yes. a fault yep. that I continue to have. But, but it's human nature to I have that human. fault. It, yeah. it oh, no, no, I get it. It's normal. Yeah, but it's it's but it's recognizing it is what's important, right? I think so. Being able to recognize it. And if you can recognize humility. it. That's you it. You have man. to have I mean, it, man. <laughs> to start there, buddy. You, you do. And I and I think people, uh, again, we we live in a world where it's, you know, we're social media. We People don't like Look to, at me. Yeah, it, it really is. And that's that's that external validation. Right. But those people aren't, are they really happy inside? Yeah. And that's the question I always pose. Like, are you really happy? Yeah. I mean, we share. We all share stuff on social media. We're sharing our journey. I mean, we have mm-hmm. businesses. You and I, we of both. Course. I put we stuff on story. social media. You have to story tell. Yeah. In today's marketing, if you're not storytelling, yes. your own story, you're not going to make it. No, no, you're not. But but it's it's why are you sharing the story? That's what a lot of people are Where's sharing. What's the motive? It, exactly. What is the motive? Exactly. It, so we're doing it from a marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. Right? We have businesses that require people to work with us for who we are mm-hmm. so we have to market our story other people are doing it to give themselves the validation that they're worthy they're of looking something. for it yeah and, oh, that's, I, and, and that's scary that that's where we sad. are it really is and it's you know and, and i don't want my kids to grow up and feel that mm-hmm. way and it's it's i think that's a lot of what's wrong with society right well, now. i think we all have a lot of this when we're young and when mm-hmm. you're in teenage years you don't know any better and you know you're always looking Generally, mm-hmm. most people look for external validation in yeah. their teenage years. Oh, absolutely. Even in your twenties, like in my twenties, like I had no idea who the fuck I was. Right. And it was I was always looking for external validation. And right. Then you get really comfortable. You start learning who you are. Mm-hmm. But that's a journey that just you know it. You're one hundred percent right. When you're young, you don't have any idea. Yeah, it's easier to tell your your story when it's purely authentic. Yeah. Um, it's easier to do activities mm-hmm. when it's coming from a place of authenticity, yeah. Yeah. and there's just a more genuine w- way about doing things. I think people that are that have success that are storytellers, mm-hmm. and their branding and there's there's authenticity in their branding yeah. and all of it. I think it's more successful when they're already comfortable in their own skin, mm-hmm. and they know it's coming from a place of of real. Yeah, you yeah. know. And if you're if you don't have that place of real, when you're looking for others to to buy into either the charade you're putting yeah. on or give you pity, yeah, looking for that validation coming from somewhere, it's never going to be fulfilling. No, not financially, but even emotionally. No, and, and that's where I think people. That's where that disconnect is with people. I think they don't understand, especially when you're younger. That's a hard concept to get, mm-hmm. right? That because you feel like if people if people are looking at me and they're like, "Oh, you're great," like that's the validation yeah. they need. They're not realizing what's really going on. Yeah. Could you imagine if we would have had Instagram when we were that age? I mean, like, because it was already. I don't know that I'd be a lawyer anymore. Well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> we've I, done I, some stupid shit. Yeah. In our day. Well, I, I mean, the validation part <laughs> no, of it, you're like, right. we, like, we didn't have to worry about likes or yeah. how many views things got no. to validate our existence. No. We were worried about if the girl down the street might notice us or a couple of friends, and that yeah. clique of friends might accept us. Mm-hmm. If that was the worst of our. We look back on it now. Yeah, back then it was a big deal. But yeah, look at back on it now, it was pretty easy compared yeah, I, to what I, kids are probably going through today. I mean, I couldn't imagine being a kid today because, like, you know, growing up, right? You, you, we didn't have the modes of communication we have now. Right. You didn't have that. Like, you you had your circle of friends, and you had, uh, you know. Very little, like when I, when I grew up, I mean, I got my first cell phone when I went to college mm-hmm. and it was like, you better only use this after nine o'clock in foreign emergency. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was the size of a brick 
and it, you know, I couldn't leave anywhere because I'm like, it was so big. But I remember it was like nine nine p.m. to nine a.m. It was free during the day. It was like a thousand dollars a minute. It's like don't use this. But yeah, that peaking off peak time. Yeah, but but when I think about it, like I like you know my daughter, she's eleven. She has a cell phone. We can always get in touch with her. Right. I'm thinking like, did my parents just not give a shit? But it's like it was a different world, right? Oh yeah, dude. Like, when they we gave would go the out, keys, yeah. Like think about it. When your parents saw you drive off with that car, yeah. I don't. There was really. I mean, if you had a cell phone and back yeah. to even archaically, you had. They could. Tell, I had nothing. They gave me the keys of the. And they were yeah. just hoping I came back by by That's evening. Exactly. I, I've had the discussion yeah. by mom. It's just like they. Where just, I went, they had no idea. Yeah, and I mean, I she would always tell these stories. Cause, you know, I hung out with all friends, and you know, if we'd go out drinking, she'd like come in Saturday morning and not know how many guys were in my room. Like we, we, they would all crash in my house. So, because my bedroom was on the first floor of her house, yeah. so it was easy to sneak in. You know, hammered, and everybody would just pass out there. And she's like, "I come in there on Saturday morning, be like six guys laying on the floor." She, I never knew who was going to be there, but she trusted me enough to know that I wasn't going to do something stupid, and I would get home. But I couldn't imagine, as a parent now, like my son's nineteen, he's right. in college, and you know, he's different world. Right. But. I couldn't imagine not being able to just get like if he goes somewhere, not being able to just call and say, "Are you okay? Where are you? Do you need anything?" Well, for twenty holy shit, five years, twenty six years of society, that's been the norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to remember back prior. I, yeah, I mean, know? I kind of remember the rotary phones, you know, call waiting, busy signals. Then when caller ID came, it was like, holy shit, like you know who's actually calling you? It was, and just the world has advanced so right. much, and it's. I couldn't imagine, right? You know, being a kid today mm-hmm. with all the shit they have, and just the pressure that's on them. Oh yeah, and and that's what's scary. Like that's you know that that whole negativity and that self worth. That that's just it's a scary world for kids these days. Do you ever sit and ponder what it was like before ninety six ish the 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 birth of the the internet as we know it? Do you ever think back on like what things were like then? Um, that was that's when I was in high school, and it's funny because so. Last week, um, a friend of my ex-girlfriend from high school, like we've remained good friends over the years. She actually was in town. We met because um, her daughter's and plays basketball, and we met for a, a drink. And it was just, it was just funny because like talking to her, I hadn't seen her in a while. It was just, it brought back like, wow, like the world was so different back then. Right. Like when we hung out, and we were just talking about like stories like of our friends back then, and it's like, wow, like that was so different. Like it, I, I wouldn't even recognize that world. Like, completely different. And just trying to think, like, what our thought processes were back then, why we did the things we did, you know, how we made decisions. Because think about, it, like, right now, if I want to do something, I just go on my phone, figure out what's open, and just do it. Back then, it's like you had to, like, go somewhere and figure out what you were going to do. It's just, it was just a different world. I mean, everything was different. Yeah. How you maneuvered around, yeah. if you didn't know where you were going. You had to using you know, a ask map. for directions, using a map on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> I remember looking for pay phones was a big thing, trying to find pay phones. And they were everywhere, but you would, yes. you know, if you, you're, you needed a pay phone. <laughs> I remember selling pagers. <laughs> I had a pager. Yeah. So, so I remember being in sales with PageNet, <laughs> and it was right at the birth of the internet, literally, mm-hmm. where it hasn't, it didn't really, wasn't, hadn't really been mainstreamed yet. Maybe 95-ish. And being downtown Pittsburgh, having a cell phone, but being responsible to pay the bill wasn't part of my expense package, yeah. so I was managing those minutes. <laughs> and in the steel building, there was a Pittsburgh U.S. Steel Building in Pittsburgh. There was lines of in, 
in the first floor of the atrium there, there was lines of payphones. Yeah. Right. I remember waiting to get on a payphone to dial an 800 number to then make free phone calls to clients and next appointments yeah. back to the office and dialing codes and yep. calling cards. Yes. And, and, after, and after a while, I'm like, oh, my God, if I could just use this damn cell phone in my pocket, but yeah. I, I don't want to pay that 36 cents a minute. Right. It's like, yeah, and you know, it's a middle of the day. Yeah. Yep. But payphones were a thing. Oh my god! Yeah, we had one in our in our fraternity house in college. There was a payphone in there. And, I mean, we had calling cards in college. I mean, that you know, that's I graduated college what ninety nine. So by the end of college, like cell phones were more common. But when I first got there, it was like you had a calling card that had your like student access code. So don't give that to anybody. So we'll charge your account for it. We had a payphone in our house. It was just I remember driving to spring break. Like we had to get a map. Like we literally went to AAA. And got a map, and we're you know there were six of us in the suburban, and someone's saying they're like we got to go on this road, and we're going to Florida. We had to follow a map. Like I wouldn't know how to well, do that trip, right now. Trip, trip ticks. Remember yeah, that's what it was. Like, that's exactly like, what it was. Or whatever it that's was. What, that's what it was. I wouldn't even know how to do that right now. Like I just put the address in my phone or in the navigation system, hit go, and just follow where the like, we become so reliant on technology. That's scary. It is scary, and for people that were not around in that time, like mm-hmm. my my son and my daughter will never understand <laughs> that. It's it's just they only know the society they yeah. were raised in. Yeah. So, but but oftentimes, I just remember being in my early twenties and maybe on a Friday night getting ready, getting the guys and going down yeah. the south side, going partying, and, yeah. and it just things were, I think, simpler. I think oh, they were simpler. Than, our minds weren't as stressed no. with the deluge of information mm-hmm. constantly being pummeled yep. at us or thrown at us. 100%. And I, well, I just think it was easier. Well, and, and think about it too. And, and this is, I feel like then we were more engaged in life, right? So when, like, getting together with friends when we were younger, when there wasn't social media and cell phones, you were getting together with friends to be engaged with those friends. Yeah. There was now, a purpose to it. Purpose. Now people get together with friends to memorialize the memory on Facebook. That's part of oh, that. That's, that's part of that dynamic, right? That's it's fascinating. But it, when you think about it, it's not the true full intent of that meeting. That's a piece of it, though. And I get it. Like, you're making memories, but... Let's take a picture. Let's take another picture. Let's do this. And a, and a lot of the engagement is lost because technology has put itself in the mix. That's where I see a big difference. I remember going out like when I was in law school with friends and there wasn't, we, you were just out to be engaged with your friends. Now I think when you go out, people are on their phones, they're texting, they're on Facebook, they're checking in, they're doing this, they're doing that. And it's, it's just become the norm in society, but it's, it's created a loss of engagement is what mm. I feel. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think people have gotten a little bit disconnected. I know I do it. Like when I'm out, like if I'm out with my wife or out with friends, like, well, I'll be on my phone. Like, what am I doing? You know, Mm -hmm. I don't need to do this, but I I just, it's a habit. It's a habit that you really have to work at as a human to wean yourself off Mm -hmm. at the appropriate times. (laughs) You know, and I think. That's hard. It it is hard. And it's hard when you're an entrepreneur because you have, uh, or when you're working in realty, it's 24 7. So you know. And in my prior uh, podcast that I've had, my four friends series, mm-hmm. uh, two topics that came up I want to talk to you about. Yeah. One of the topics is a mistake that I've made, and I, I said the mistake to the group, and I asked for their input. Okay. I'm going to do the same with you. 
mistake I've made is that I have spoiled, for lack of a better word, I have spoiled my loved ones, my family, and mm-hmm. my clients, my friends, my sphere. Mm-hmm. I've spoiled them to believe that I will respond to them almost instantaneously. Okay. It is causing me near a mental breakdown at times because it's just too much. Okay. And texting has kind of what, what did it. And I'm the okay. kind of guy that went to texting, kicking and screaming 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to do it. <laughs> but I'm in, I'm, in a, I'm in a career that certainly is text-based. Yeah. All communication seems to come that way. And I see the value of it. There are times that I'm glad we had that as opposed to yeah. intruding on people's lives with phone calls. I get all of that. Yeah. But it's created that culture of immediacy. Mm-hmm. And before the Internet, mm-hmm. if you got this new thing called an email, because that was yeah. around a couple of years before the web really hit hard, mm-hmm. right? Email was a cool thing, right? Yeah. But even before email, like, you got a voice message on a machine, yeah. maybe? Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Or a letter in the mail. Oh, yeah, a letter, yes. But that's the way you communicated yeah. with people, which mm-hmm. is not real efficient in no. today's standards. No, not at all. But a little less taxing on the brain. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you manage, or are you effectively mm-hmm. managing expectations of those in your sphere in regards to either your availability mm-hmm. or the speed in which you will respond? Mm-hmm. So, that's a great question, and it's a challenge for me. So, I try and manage it as best as possible. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Typically, so I'll break it down in a couple ways. So, with clients, right? You might. It's a service business. Like my clients matter to me. Like mm-hmm. they're every one of my clients has my personal cell phone number. I always let them know I'll get back to you probably within 24 hours, 48 at the latest. If for some reason you don't hear from me within that 48 time frame, 48 hour time frame, something happened. I either didn't get the message, I accidentally deleted it. It's in my spam. Something follow back up. But I with clients, I'm usually. I'll get back to them within 24 hours. Sometimes I'll do it immediately. If, it, if I'm in the middle of something and then I take a break and I see something come in, I'm like, I can, and I kind of have this rule, the the two minute rule. I might've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I wrote it in one of my books. Um, if I can do it in under two minutes, I just do it. Right. If it's going to take me longer than that, I kind of block it off and put it somewhere else. Got it. So like if an email comes in, it just needs like a yes or no answer or a quick response or a forward to someone else. I'll just do it. So that's for clients with, family obviously i respond pretty much as quick as i can uh you know my wife knows like during the day she doesn't really contact me much she knows i'm working and if she, unless she needs so i know when she's calling me yeah. or texting me it's because she needs something she's asking a question she needs my input on something okay. so okay. i respond everyone else it's usually you know I, do i have a good system no like my assistant's great of managing my calendar we even got a lot better at it she manages my calendar and like books calls for me and I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was just getting super overwhelmed because I need large hunks of time to actually do work. But I was having like, I remember one week I might've had a call scheduled almost every half hour okay. on the hour, you know, for the, for like three days in a row. I'm like, let's just start scheduling my calls from two to five. Okay. So we kind of changed the process. So now like that's my communication time. I broke up my day where before two o'clock I'm in the office doing work. My people are asking me questions. I'm on the phone in the afternoon. That's helped me with communication a lot. Just setting that expectation. Like this okay. is, 
this is the time I talk. And like when, I, when clients want to talk to me, I'll send them a link to my calendar. Right. My calendar so that they can schedule a time. So right, it's, right, right. Um, but again, do I sometimes respond immediately? Yeah. Do I get overwhelmed? Absolutely. Like we've been sitting here, my phone's went off my pocket at least sure. 17 times. Sure. Like sure. I know, and I know there's like text messages, emails, and it's fine. Like the, people know that I'm out. So, right. Right. but I'll, when I get, when we get done and I go to my car before I drive away, I'll respond. That's it. And it's, um, it's a balancing act mm-hmm. you have to do because an entrepreneur like we, we, we you know we want to do things immediately we want to get it off our plate like, at least that's how I am like I want to move it through get it absolutely. done absolutely but there are certain things where I know like even before the show started I checked my email there was one I'm like it could take me two minutes to respond to but it also could take me 15 so I just marked it for later because right. I wasn't sure so there's certain that's kind of how I approach it if that answers your question yeah, in it any does. way it does it does it doesn't email, give you a good answer well no no e- email when it okay, so my history is that I work for PageNet. Yeah, we were the company that nationally contracted with this brand new company called BlackBerry <laughs> to bring I in wanted. this new device. Yeah, that is going to enable you to have this new called thing called email on your hip. Yeah, right? I had one of those whole greatest things. thing. Yeah, the eight fifty and the nine fifty. <laughs> I, w- w- me and a couple friends of mine who were there, we sold the very first ones in Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. it was exciting. It was monochrome screens. Yeah, little, yeah, they're cool stuff. <laughs> that email was great though because I was starting the guitar business mm-hmm. at that time, and I was doing stuff with email yep. and this thing called eBay on this interweb thing. <laughs> But I was getting emails that never gave me the impression that they had to be responded right away. Yeah. Nobody had an expectation yeah. that emails mm-hmm. had to be answered like in the first 20 minutes or hour yep. or even that same day for that mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Things were simpler then. Yeah, yeah. You know, so email was a functional and very important way to communicate. Yeah. I think it's now being de-emphasized by texting. And Absolutely. Through Apple being able to attach PDF files through yep. iMessage, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But it's creating way more immediacy than I'm comfortable with. Yeah, and I, and I think that comes down to really setting the expectations. And that's kind of what I do when I, when I talk to clients or people that, like, again, all of my good clients can call me. Anyone can call me anytime I, I answer. but. The, the clients I work with on a consistent basis, they know that they only text me or call me if it's really urgent. So I know that if they're calling me or texting me, it's not just to shoot the shit. It's not, it, it's mm-hmm. something they need right now. Right. And, you know, as a lawyer, we, you know, we like things in email, so we have documentation of it. And most people, at least in the circles that I'm in and the people I deal with, they don't expect a response same day. If they get a response same day, like that's, thanks for responding so fast like right. people say it all the time like when i respond the same day like oh thanks for getting this so quickly right. to me i'm like oh, i've been sat in this for eight hours this is bullshit like i should have done it sooner but i think a reasonable expectation for people is in one business day mm-hmm. you know but it's but you're right like it's changed like things used to be simpler well, now I, didn't help, I didn't help my cause out because i've not the word spoiled is so negative i don't mean <laughs> it that way i've conditioned clients yeah. to understand how i operate yeah and that and friends and everything else that, that i'm I'm always available, and I like that because yeah. I, I think it's helped me grow some amazing relationships. Mm-hmm. But it's set up expectations that I just cannot maintain over the long haul. Yeah, the busier I get, it's just there's not enough. I can't breathe. And, and, and that's where you got to kind of recalibrate the expectations. Mm-hmm. Just let people know, like, hey, and as not like send out a mass message, but like as you start right. talking to people right. and say, hey, you know, I, you you kind of start res- responding. 
in a little bit longer of a gap of time. And as you do that, let people know, hey, sorry, I've just been really busy. I'm trying to make sure I get back to people yeah. within a business day. So start resetting those expectations. Yeah. I think that could help. It could. But it, it's, I, I, the problem is, too, though, is I, I really – See, it's 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 really a double-edged sword with me, mm-hmm. Rocco, because I love my clients. Yeah, like, I really get close to these folks. Yeah, I, they become friends yeah. to the point where, like, you don't think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I could be having this extrapolated text conversation with one of my clients going on for like three hours, um, amongst other things I'm doing. Yeah, which you know is great, but I don't want that client to think that I can do that all the time. Right, yeah. and when I don't answer right away, I don't want them thinking that I'm ignoring them you know what i mean like i've 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 screwed up the i've screwed up the initial meeting explaining how i work probably i didn't put any not boundaries but i guess they are boundaries Mm -hmm. boundaries in there yeah you have to set those on expectations yeah i mean that's an important thing and that's you know as you're growing substantially in your real estate business you'll Mm -hmm. i had i had to learn that as a lawyer right when i started my practice i was a solo lawyer so i you know i was just I wanted to get everything done because it was all on me. And now right. I have a team of people and I still want to do everything. So I had to like reset expectations. Re, I had to look at how I was doing things and say, what is efficient and what is inefficient and make adjustments. And I'm still learning. Like we started using a new project management software to really help with our workflow that, you know, just scheduling differently, setting different expectations with clients. But it's a process, right? You start just the next thing. So it's maybe the next client you deal with. Mm-hmm. You start setting an expectation and it just becomes the process moving forward. But mm-hmm. I but I understand the other side of it, right? Like you just like the people. Mm-hmm. Very and that's much. how I am too. Very and much. it's, it, I, I, what, what I've had to do with myself, because for a while there, I was working seven days a week and I don't feel like I work. Like I, I always joke, I say, I feel like I just own a business and I just show up because I love it. Like I love what I do. Right. But I had to start telling myself, okay, you've got to take one day on the weekends and just not do shit. Or or just do like the bullshit that isn't mentally taxing and spend more time at home with the kids and right. stuff. And that's what I've been doing. Right. That's helped me a lot. I bet. Um, but it's really setting those expectations with clients and yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you see yourself getting overwhelmed, right? You got every day. <laughs> but, but 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 then but then you have to so you have to ask yourself why am I getting overwhelmed? Yeah. What's overwhelming me? Yeah. Is it actually responding to the people or is it other things you're doing that are inefficient? Oh, very very that's much making the case. this cuz yeah. maybe maybe the the contacting the clients isn't the piece that's really mm-hmm. bothering you. It's all the other shit that is working any I'm not saying this is the case, but uh, working inefficiently some of that. that's making this more difficult. Mm-hmm. That's, you know. Well, it, it's funny. What's kept my sanity through it all is this show. Yeah. For me to break away, um, you know, generally in the evening or just when there's downtime. And instead of just watching TV or even, you know, mindlessly playing guitar, which nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, this gives me some kind of a mental break, too. Yeah. Which is great. That's it, great. But, but if I didn't have... I think everybody needs some kind of diversion, right? Yeah, you, you can't yeah. work twenty four seven. No, and it, and it's it, yeah, you need because your your brain has different sides to it. You have different sides of your personality. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to like that's why I like to read. That's why I like to work out. Like right. there are different things that, that keep me engaged in life. Because if you work, like I do work a lot, but I also do other things. Like right. I go out with friends, I meet clients. Like I try and stay engaged in life. You know, spend time with the kids, my wife, my wife and I are going away at the end of the month, like stuff right. like that just to stay engaged. And it's 
you have to find that time. And this could, this is one of those outlets. Where you're like, I, I look forward to this. This is a oh, great, yeah. you know, few hours on a Friday afternoon where I yep. can just be engaged in the conversation, not worrying about anything else. No doubt. I mean, but I think if you don't have that downtime, no. and downtime can look different for yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, some people go run like marathons for downtime. <laughs> God bless you. People. Yeah, uh, I, I walk every night. We talked about yeah. it. That's my that's my downtime down yeah. too. There's a lot of benefits too, but just mentally for yeah. me, just being out with the phone turned off, yeah. just listening to a podcast, but no messages, no alerts, no notifications, no yep. nothing. That's that, that's <laughs> nice. That is that is a beautiful thing. I mean, I don't do gym workouts, so you're yeah. a gym rat. So do you? Are you able to do a full routine? Do you turn your notifications and all that stuff off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. For you. I don't typically have my notifications show up on my home screen. Like it'll vibrate, but I, I need I, to stop. I, that. I, I, oh. I've turned them off on the home screen for the most part. There are some that just Why? apps. Why? Just I don't want distracted. Because if I look at it and see oh text message, oh, you know, I'm gonna see what it is. I'll it'll vibrate, but I have to open my phone to see the notification. So I just stopped doing that, but but I, mean, I also go to the gym at four thirty in the morning. So no one's simply messaging me that early, and, and if they are, I'm like, okay, something's wrong. <laughs> I should probably deal with this. Uh, but yeah, like I do, like I because that's my time. Like, yeah. That's my time to be engaged. I'm listening to music. That's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, and I'm just I'm in it. Okay. That's the, that's the whole point of it, right? And okay. I, I turn off the notifications. Okay, um, I don't put my phone in airplane mode in case someone would call, but right. I just I focus on what I'm doing. How do you handle your social media, pers- for your personal social media? How do you handle, how do you manage that? Well, m- manage it in what way? So so are you getting notifications, you know, during the day, Instagram this, Facebook this, this is this, Twitter this? Are you getting, every time someone takes an active role or engages with you on social media, are you getting those notifications? No, so I, so I turned off the Facebook notifications. Twitter I don't even use hardly. Um, and Instagram, I turn off the notifications. So I have to actually go into the apps to see if I have notifications. Got it. So I'll, I'll go in maybe twice a day and just check and screw around. But, you, but again, I've been so busy that I don't even, you know, I don't even go in that often. Right. Like with, with right. Facebook, it's, again, I have to actually go in the app or on the website to see the notifications. Same thing with Instagram. I have to open the app to see if there's notifications. Okay. And that's really helped me because if it was always showing up on well, the home screen or vi- or vibrating, I'd want to check. So I've turned off all notifications, not even the not even like a silent vibration notification. Turned them all off, hmm. and that's helped me a lot. So I know that when I go, I'll typically check social media in the morning, and then usually towards the end of the day when okay. I'm in the office. Now Instagram, if I'm doing stories or something like that, like right. I'll right. post right. it. I'm not playing. I'm not on the app scrolling. That's typically what I don't do. Okay, let me turn the corner here yeah. a little bit. So. On a prior podcast that I had uh, with Julia, Jerry, and, and, and uh, Cassidy, mm-hmm. our last—I um, call them the squad—they're <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but we—but I tossed this question out, and it really was eye-opening to me. Okay. The question is, what's your thoughts on the concept of revenge, and Ooh. do you? feel that in today's society there's a heightened expectation that if someone does somebody wrong it's a song eh? yeah. uh that that person not only deserves revenge but they should fucking expect it because it's coming and it's going to be way worse than what they did to someone else so hmm. 
Is that how you see things? And what are your viewpoints on revenge in 2021? Hmm, great question. I've never been a revenge person. Like I always look at it like karma's a bitch. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my philosophy. If you do something to wrong me, the universe has a way of working itself out. That's kind of how I believe. I don't let that. Like I've never had someone wrong me. I'm like I'm gonna fucking destroy you. Like it's I'm competitive in life and in business, mm-hmm. but not from a standpoint of revenge. You've always been that way. I've always been that way. Like okay. I've never. I've never. I, I, I think I'm just wired differently. Like I'm okay. just. I don't let that because I, I feel like revenge is a very toxic emotion or toxic thing, and I think it it can really destroy a person if you're if you're acting from the place of revenge. Mm-hmm. It could also be a motivator, right? It, it can be. I'm not going to say it's not. I just I don't operate that way, so I don't like if you if you fucked me over in business, I'm not going to try and get you back. I'm just going to try and just be better. Right, like that's that's and maybe that's revenge to some people. To me, it's like okay, if I'm I'm a lawyer, I have a law firm. If some if someone tries to wrong my law firm, I'm not gonna take revenge on them. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna be ten times better than you at everything now, right. and that's gonna motivate me to just even achieve more success. So you're using you're using their action as motivation. Absolutely, I'm not not as a motivation to harm them, mm-hmm. but to propel myself. Okay. And I think that you know that's always been beneficial to me. Do people I, is revenge in the world? Yeah, I believe so. Do I think it's a um, a prevailing thought or emotion? I don't think, but mm-hmm. that, maybe that's just the viewpoint I have. Okay. I see the world differently than different people. You know, I don't. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, what do what do you think about? I'm curious what you think about revenge. I'm just too tired. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't. It's it's draining. Yeah, I think when I was younger, I was pretty. My guard was up all the time. Yeah, that someone was going like either take what I had, attack what I had, yeah. or criticize, mm-hmm. or really criticize okay. verbally what I had. And I was ready to quote unquote defend whatever I was involved with. Yeah, and then that being on guard all the time mm-hmm. really started to wear on me, like physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, and I think this happened. I think this happened like, you know, maybe the first four or five years of, of entrepreneurship, yeah. maybe early 2000s. And uh, 9-11 happened, and I remember that was a big shock to me. Like, wow, things could really be taken away from yeah. all of us yep. in a moment. It was very apparent by just watching TV at that yeah. time. Like, wow. So maybe I started to pull back from that. But the last 10-ish years, I mean, there's been I, – on a, I can count them on one hand where I think people have lashed out – to try to quote unquote maybe maybe do me harm in some yeah. way that in my prior life I could see myself getting really upset. Yeah. There's one instance I can think in the last ten years that really, I mean, it got me angry. It got me okay. angry because I didn't understand like yeah. where the motive was coming from. But even that didn't, and there were things I could have done easily yeah. to reciprocate. Yeah, you know, I mean, and. I don't know if they're diabolical, but there's avenues and pathways yeah. I could see. Like, wow, that if that person's really not thinking it through, because if I was a devious yeah. person, I yeah. mean, there's five, six, or seven options I had that could really yeah. make their life really uncomfortable. Well, I mean, and it's fine. Like, there, there's one really I'm not going to talk about. But there's one I, but really I bad didn't feel thing. Compelled to do it though. You know? Yeah, and, and that's why I was like, there was one really bad thing that happened to me in my life that just I I, I could have exacted revenge. I could, I mean, I, I wanted to, mm-hmm. but. 
I didn't, and it was just like I just moved on with life because you really didn't want to, right? There, yeah, exactly. Like I, it, for a moment, I was furious. I'm like, man, like this is going to impact me severely. But I'm like, ah, uh, you know. And karma ended up working itself out. The mm-hmm. person on the other side of this ended up living a pretty fucking shitty life. Mm-hmm. Not that I wish that on anybody, but it's you kind of reap what you sow. And if you do shitty things to shitty people, mm-hmm. you're going to end up living a shitty life. I believe that. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that. And I don't know. I don't, you can, we blame it on the universe, blame it on karma, whatever it mm-hmm. is. I think that generally happens. But I, I'm actually now past that. Mm-hmm. I'm at actually at the point where I just, maybe it's indifference, I just don't care. Like yeah. I, the person who did this to me was someone I didn't really know, mm-hmm. and which made it odder an odder that it would be yeah. of importance to them to do something. And I knew from what I could see of a distance, Rocco, mm-hmm. that they weren't living like, um, I don't know, I didn't perceive them to be living a fantastic life yeah. anyways. There was just nothing, no motivation in me to do anything, yeah. just to kind of move on from, from it. But I don't know if that's a period of growth or a period of old age. I don't know what I, it is. I think it's growth. It just was that it just... I wasn't going to internally let that bother me like it would have happened many decades prior. Yeah, that's growth. I mean, I used to, you know, you were playing defense, right? That Mm -hmm. that was, and I, Mm -hmm. that's when I, my business shifted. I went from playing defense to playing offense. I was constantly like trying to defend everything. Right. And I just said, you know what? Screw that. I'm just going to play offense and just be fucking awesome at what I do and just put all my effort into being me. And I stopped caring about all the other shit. Yeah. And that's what, and that's growth, right? That's that's growth because I think, you know, coming from a place of of defense, you're protecting, you're protecting. And if someone screws me, I'm going to screw them back. Mm-hmm. If then when you you know flip that and say, you know what, I'm not worrying about these distractors because I'm just going to fl- there's the goal, and I'm just going to charge as fast and as far and as hard as I can to get that goal. Yeah. It yeah. just changes your perspective. Then revenge doesn't even come into the picture. Right. Well, you don't have time for it. No, you don't. You, like, you don't. Like, I couldn't even think to, like, if someone's screaming, I couldn't even think to stop and say, well, I'm going to plan and plot revenge. It's like, no, I'm just moving on to the next thing. Yeah. It, it, it's it's really a different mindset. It is. Um, and it's it, it's not, but see, it's not the sexy thing for today's social media <laughs> world or, or the movies we watch and the TV shows. Yeah. You know, the, the revenge is part of the plot line in most movies, right? I mean, yeah, so. It's exciting. Yeah, and it and it doesn't make for good, you know, um, talk with your buddies around the bar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make good coffee conversation. Yeah. It just doesn't make. It just doesn't. It's not sexy. Mm-mm. No, but it's better for the human who who is contemplating whether to do it or not. It's better for the human to just get on with their life. Yeah, turn the other cheek. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, to you know whatever way you can get through it. But you. Do you think we're still in a revenge society? Do you think it's I think partially? I, I think I think there is a large part of society that is still very toxic, and revenge is part of that. That people, I mean, I mean, look at the world, right? We're we're diabolically opposed on so many things, hmm. issues, you know, from from government to to everything in between. Right. So it's like if one person gets one up on someone, well, I've got to get something back. I've got to exact my revenge and do this. Yeah. It's like we we can't we can't find in that common ground. Really That's what I mean. Like, does it really matter? Like, I mean, like, I always say, like, what, what, when you look at revenge, and, and maybe this is something that, that has always helped me, cooler heads, I'm like, okay, well, what's the end result I'm trying to go for? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. what does, okay, they did something to me, it's over, it's gone, motion's gone, the action is gone, the event is over, 
So now if I engage in a revenge process, I'm bringing up those emotions again. I'm rehashing the event that that caused me that harm or that pain for what result? Like it doesn't benefit me in any way, mm-hmm. shape or form. The only thing it can do is bring me back down to that spot. Yeah. There's no upside. Right. There's only there's, there's, no there's only there's, there's only flat or downside. There's no upside. And that's what we don't look at. Like when you yeah. think of revenge, I mean the uh, if you think the upside is harming someone else and you have a skewed view of the world and you've got bigger problems to deal with, in my opinion, but well, it's going to bring you bigger problems. Yeah. The problem is when you revenge, I mean, there's few, there's very few times in this world. I can mm-hmm. imagine that if you extract revenge, that that revenge is so heavy and so forceful. I, the only thing I can think of is possibly killing somebody. Mm-hmm. Is the only situation where you will extract revenge that there will be no response because there's always a response. Yeah. It may take years, mm-hmm. but if you extract revenge on somebody, they're now motivated again yeah. to come back at you. Yeah, right. It's just the way. It's, it's the like the volley. Cycle. It's the volley, right? That's it. And that's a whole other level of drama and mm-hmm. stress and aggravation and yeah. looking over your shoulder and all yeah. that. Just is that the human experience you want as yeah. a person? That that's right. the question, right? What is the human experience you want? And I, and I think that's a question people need to ask themselves in general, because that would dictate their actions a lot more. Like, how do you want to experience life? And I think that's something that people don't ever sit down and think through. Like, how do you like? If you sit there and really, really reflect on, like, how do you want to experience life? Okay. That's going to change the way you operate. If you if you truly believe, say, you know, I just want to experience a good life. I want to surround myself with awesome people. I want to love my family, love my friends, help people, employ people, and just wake up every day happy. If that's how I choose to experience life, mm-hmm. I'm going to operate completely different than if I say, you know what, I, I just I'm just pissed off. Like I I I don't I think I'm getting screwed at work. I'm not making enough money. You know, it's a different viewpoint. But you you get that choice, and people have to take a step back and decide how they want to experience life. Hmm. And if you're not making the decision, you're choosing the negative. That's what I that's what I believe because I don't think anybody's going to say I want to experience life in a shitty way. No. But by not making the choice, you're allowing it to happen because you're not sitting down and actually asking yourself the question, how do I want to experience the rest of my life? Like from today, I'm 43 years old. Mm -hmm. How do I want to experience the next 50 years of my life? I want to have a fucking good time. I want to be around cool people. I want to do cool shit. I want to buy cool shit. I want to just enjoy my life, smile, laugh, have conversations like this. That's how I operate. So I engage in the process with that outlook. Okay. And it just changes the way I do things. Yeah. Too many people just choose not to have that conversation with themselves. So the world dictates how they experience life. Yeah. 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 That's it's, the problem. It, well, and as soon as somebody tries to interrupt what you just said yeah. by doing something to you or saying something mm-hmm. or whatever the method is, is mm-hmm. irrelevant. As soon as you let them affect you. Yeah. You are self-sabotage. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it goes back to the... Uh, this is what they did. No, it's, it's, the, it's the Jack Canfield, the E plus R equals O. You know, you control the event or the reaction. You know, if I can't control the event, I can control the reaction. So I always control the outcome. That's the formula that has guided my life since my mid-20s. 
Mm. E plus R equals O. We talked about it before. Yeah. I talk about it all the time because it's Campbell's a master, isn't he? It's but it's the simplest formula. It's like if, if you really understand how simple and profound it is, it'll change your life because I always control one of the variables. Always. An event or the reaction. Therefore the outcome is always within my control. So in that situation where I I, I say I want to experience life awesome, someone does something to me that's not awesome. If I react in a way that is um, diabolically opposed to my way of experience of life, that's on me. I right. chose to react that way. Or I just should be like, huh, okay, shit happens, move on. Yeah. And not let it bother me. Then I'm still experiencing life the way I want to. Yeah. Why, why is that so hard for most people? Hard to, to make the, to not let things bother you or to. That, why, why do we take every little, because criti- you know, we'll, we'll get there in a second, but yeah. even like criticism, constructive yeah. criticism is no longer a thing. You're either, you're either telling everybody what they want to hear about themselves yeah. or you're an enemy. Oh yeah. You're offending them. Yes. So we'll talk about that in a second, but <laughs> why is that so hard? Do you think that we, we are, have a thirst for vengeance? Are we being are we being conditioned? Are we seeing it all the time? That's where it's a self-perpetuating thing. Well, I, I think that's part of it, right? I think society creates that, creates that narrative, right? And I think it's a natural human reaction. You know, if I do, if I punch you, what's your natural instinct to punch, punch me back? back yeah. Right. So it's it's the same. It's the same. It concept. really isn't for me now, though. It's, it's funny you asked me that question. I asked, I asked this to myself a yeah. year or so ago. I think the way I think now, I would analyze for a second and i'm not saying it's the right thing to yeah. do i could see myself analyzing why did that happen like yeah you know I, there'd be that pause mm-hmm. that pause wasn't in me 15 years ago and beyond it uh, wasn't in me yeah no i understand you see what I, i'm not saying now you, now you may hit me again which yeah. that pause didn't serve me well because i could have punched you back and tried to leave yeah but i think i'm probably more instinctive right now at where i'm at in my life to mm-hmm. take that breath and try to figure out why that happened and like yeah. i said i'm not saying it was the right thing to do but that's probably what i'd be inclined to do yeah and i, and I think you know I, I i've done the same thing i mean you know i have i i have friends that do stupid shit and we've been out and i, I could think of one instance in particular my best friend and we went away for the weekend with our wives and he was drunk and oh boy <laughs> bar muscles if, he, if he's listening to this he'll know exactly <laughs> who i'm talking about um but we're you know he's he, he's a he's a skinny guy and we were walking out of this store um at, we were in deep creek and we, we were walking out, down there we were walking out of the store and this car comes and like he just walks in front of it in the parking lot now he was it wasn't you know he was a little bit buzzed he had an all black ski suit and this guy like starts yelling at him like this kid and he starts yelling at him back and i'm like i know he's not going to do anything because he's just not that type so i'm like my first instinct's like i need to just go kill this kid but then it's like, no, no, no. And I just kind of got in the middle and just broke it up. But it's like I learned over – as I grew as a person, like first it would have made me max. I'm very protective of my friends. Of course. Like if someone says something to them, like I'm going to kill you. That's just right. – that was my natural instinct when I was right, younger. Right. Now it's like I was like, dude, I went over to his car. I'm like, listen. I said, he's drunk. I would stay in the car because that's not going to be a good idea if you get out. Just – I apologize for the conduct. He shouldn't have walked in front of you. Right. I'll take ownership yeah. of that. But if you get out of the car, that's not a good it's idea. It's a whole other problem. It's a whole different thing because now you're becoming the aggressor. Right. Like, and he just he's like, no, I had a problem with you, and he drove off. But it was like that was a moment in my life where I realized that 
I've learned about myself. Mm-hmm. I've learned self-control. Because when we were younger and, and he and I lived together, like I reacted totally different to a situation sure. where someone got in his face. And sure. it's just like you learn as a person. Or you get tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> part, of it, part of it maybe was me being tired. It was like, it's a long day. We were skiing. <laughs> you know, My wife crashed into the mountain a bunch of times. Like uh, it's, It was one of those days. But, it okay. was, but I think as you get older, you learn that. But I think, back to your point, I think... The natural human reaction is that, like that that punch back. Yeah, and it's just, but that's what we've been conditioned. Is that right? healthy? No, well, no, it isn't just a human thing. Think about groups of people, like yeah, like, take politics, then take you know nations. Yeah, you know, because look, if Liberia, yeah, it sinks one of our ships, yeah, by accident, right? There's a chance the U.S. will, if okay, we'll be okay with yeah. it. Yeah. But if they aggressively is yeah. Liberia even a place? But if they aggressively, like it is. If they sink one of our ships mm-hmm. and they, you know, there's verbiage coming out of there, or there's whatever it is, we're going to retaliate. The yeah. eye for an eye mm-hmm. is very alive. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, although it leaves everybody blind. Well, it, 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 I mean, that's the truest statement because. It, it, but war's been a part of society forever, and right. will it ever go away? No, because. Right. You know, there. You know, it's, it's the duality of man. There's right. good and evil. There's black and white. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you know, there's up and down. Like there's, that's just there's positive and negative. So there's always going to be that. You can't eliminate that okay. from the human experience. It's just people need to choose to act a different way. You need to choose peace. You need to choose a different reaction mm-hmm. because that's always going to be. There are certain things I believe in humans you can't eliminate right right there's always going to be opposite reactions there's always going to be opposites in life you know an aggressor and a response you know punch counterpunch it's always going to be there it's just can you be the person over here to choose a different reaction right and that's what right. people need to do and that's right. personal growth that's changing your viewpoint on the world like not reacting out of emotion but reacting out of actual thought hmm. But thought is the we talk about all the time, like critical thinking and, and actually thinking is hard. Reacting is easy. Like mm-hmm. reacting is easy. You know, I can get mad at my kids for doing something, or I can think, why did they do that? Is there a reason they engaged in that conduct? And should I be mad about it? Mm-hmm. But most parents, like we just like, ah, oh, we get mad. You know, if, if our daughter spills something, I'll if I get mad. But maybe it was because she was trying to do something herself because she didn't want to bother us with helping her. And she just spilled something because she was making an attempt. I should look at that as, well, that's a positive. Absolutely. But we don't, our natural reaction is, oh, you spilled it. We've got to clean it up. Like, why did you do that? It's just taking a different viewpoint. Mm. It's my belief. Hmm. I can be completely crazy, too, though. <laughs> yeah. We know that already. <laughs> uh, constructive criticism. Mm hmm. I was taught as a child that constructive or well, criticism is a thing, right? Okay. There's different levels of criticism, but constructive criticism was just that. It was constructive. It was mm-hmm. positive. It was healthy. It was a learning tool for people. Yep. It was a thing. Constructive criticism was at least at some point in my past, it was like a thing. Yeah. I'd like to think that that's still possible today. Mm-hmm. I just don't see much of that happening. I see attacks mm-hmm. or things perceived as attacks. Mm-hmm. I also see extremely uber sensitive people mm-hmm. from all walks of life mm-hmm. 
that are looking to feel attacked so they can express themselves mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. It really seems to be that constructive criticism either doesn't have a place in society anymore or we've pushed it out so mm -hmm. it does not have any place anymore. Or in your opinion, does it even exist anymore? I, I think I think it should exist. I think it has to exist, but I think we've we've um we've empowered the victim mentality. That's what I believe. Okay. And and I see that and I'll say it, the younger generation. Like they're victims. Like nothing's their fault. Like it's just because it was the it was the everybody gets a trophy generation. You know, I'm great. My parents told me so. I'm like, sorry, that's not how the world works. Mm -hmm. You have to be great. You don't just be you just aren't born great. Right. You have to do things. Right. And I think it's that victim and I actually had this discussion with the business coach at work. We were just talking about some some business things and I said I identified in myself that I have a problem connecting with people that have that victim mentality. And that's and that's where I see disconnects with certain people I deal with, right? Because I look at the world as don't be a victim, just just fix the problem. You know, take the criticism, learn from it and adapt. Where I think there's a segment or a generation right now that if you try and give them constructive criticism, it's offense and they're the victim. Right. And I can't deal with that. Like I know myself. Like it really causes this internal turmoil because I don't get it. And my brain can't comprehend how they think that way. Got it. Because I, I've always liked constructive criticism. That's how you get better. Like I don't know everything. And I want someone to tell me a better way to do something. You know, like it's just it's a thing. Like I, like I was drafting something this week and I, and I gave it to my guy, Matt, that works for me. I said, Hey, can you review this? And he made some markups and made some suggestions. Like, this was great. Like I wouldn't even have thought to put that stuff in there right. if I didn't ask for criticism. Well, of course that's part of the teamwork philosophy, right? right? But a lot of people don't do that. Like I, I chose to do this. I'm, I come from that generation. We come from that time mm -hmm. where that's where we were taught. I think the younger generation, they have a very hard time with that. Because they think it's an attack. It's it comes back to I truly believe there's a there's an empowering of the victim mentality that's happened mm -hmm. in our country. Mm -hmm. And so people have a hard time when they're told they don't do something right or they can do something better. It's well, you're offending me. I'm the victim now. It's like, no, mm -hmm. no, no. Just get fucking better. Yes, this is where I, I'm so glad personally mm -hmm. that I am not in management, that I am not <laughs> That I'm not in corporate. I'm co not in corporate America. Number one, but number yeah. two, I'm not in management of people because mm -hmm. so, I looked at it decades ago as like something that I did not think I wanted to be part of. But yeah. now I know for a fact <laughs> in today's world, yeah. trying to manage someone yeah. and worry about stepping on their feelings, yeah. or impugning on their feelings, mm -hmm. or saying something um, that is going to be perceived yeah. to be wrong, yeah. although it's not coming from a place of, of mm -hmm. evil, yeah. that is not attractive to me at all. No, it's, it's hard. I mean, I manage people. It's it's Luckily, I have a good team. And it's, well, you do. Um, but, I, but I do. For, there, there are days, like I think it was two days ago, I was just like, I had this moment in my office, and I was talking to my buddy who, uh, he owns a law firm as well. I'm like, dude, like I don't, how the fuck do you do it? Like there are some days where I'm like, how, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I'm, I have to do the work. Then I have to manage the people and manage the business. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but you have those moments and managing people is hard because I, you know, my whole goal is I have a vision for my firm. I have a thing I'm trying to create and it's going to be different. And I want it to be, and I want 
everybody to be rowing the boat in the same direction. Right. For the most part, we right. are. Right. Every once in a while, something goes a little sideways. And it throws me off because I'm like, well, how do you not see the same vision I have? And it's that's the hardest part of managing people, I think, is trying to put yourself in their shoes and look at it from their viewpoint. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part for me because I'm just so focused on moving forward and what I see and the path is so clear and that and that vision I have is so crystal clear. I'm like, how can't you see it? But then I realized that maybe I'm not articulating it the right way to them. Maybe I'm not. Sh maybe they don't see what I see. I got to try to change no, that. I get, and it. it's, I get it. That's the hard part about managing people. I I believe because to build an effective team, to build an effective company, everybody has to see the same thing. Right. They have to see where you're right. going, and if they don't, you're gonna not get there that that efficiently. The tenets of great management are still there, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just that we're maneuvering them in a different group of people now. Mm -hmm. And how those people interact in society is just different than yeah. generations prior. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot different. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's it's just it, the world has even in the past three years. I feel like the world has changed so much, and it's a constant adaptation mm -hmm. to what's going on. Because you, you, not only are you trying to manage the, you know, you have these tenets of management, like you said, mm -hmm. you know that. There are certain principles you follow, right? And you try and do it within a, a culture of an organization. But you also have to take into consideration the external culture of each one of those people make up part of this internal culture. Okay. That wasn't so much happening in the past, right? People were just part. This was the work culture and the home culture was separate. Life was separate. They didn't mix. Now, like, everything's so intertwined. Right. So I can create this culture, but I also have to understand. It's kind of like the Venn diagram, right? There's this person has this culture. This person has this culture. And they all kind of mesh together to make one culture. So you're managing all of that. Still trying to use the same principles, mm -hmm. which makes it more of a challenge. So mm -hmm. I, I do feel like over the next five years, we'll start seeing some principles of management change. Because it has to, because the world's different. The world's different, the way, people's inter the way people interact are different, the workforce is different, it's re managing remote workers compared to in-person workers, right. totally different thing. So it's, I think there's gonna be a lot of shift coming up. Yeah, that's gonna really be interesting on the business front Yeah, in terms of the way organizations not only are structured, mm -hmm. but where the employees are. Yeah. How do you possibly manage a workforce now that is 100% or, or maybe 80% mm -hmm. to 100% yeah. remote? Yeah. There's probably going to be new laws that are going to be written mm -hmm. over the next couple of years in terms of remote workers' rights. Yep. I'm sure that's going to be a thing at some point in time. Yeah. I'm, I've, you know, <laughs> like I there's mean, going to be different kind of... There will be a protected class now, probably. Well, the, or, a, or a playbook, maybe, yeah, that'll have to be put absolutely. into place as to what can and can't be done yeah. for remote workers. Because there's... Well, to, you know, to the, to the... To err on the side of the worker... Yeah. There probably are questions about... You know privacy yeah. and, and what an employer mm -hmm. can expect to know about you know an employer has an expectation yeah. that they get so many hours out of an employee yeah. i would assume mm -hmm. but how much of the employee's life will be revealed during yeah. those hours being that they're home and yeah. there's a lot of gray areas there, really is you think? i mean I, and we've been dealing with with clients just just try you know data security is one thing like hey you have these people working remotely on their own Wi-Fi networks that are not secure as your corporate enterprise network. Interesting. 
there's a lot. So we've been rewriting data security policies for clients, kind of advising them on, you need to think through this. Shit. I never thought of that. It's a, it's a big issue, right? Because if you don't, if you don't have like a VPN into their network and you just have people, oh, just connect to your home Wi-Fi and get on your system and then just log in. Well, that's a huge security risk. And if you're no dealing doubt. with client sensitive information, there's, I mean, there's so many pieces to this, right? Like, how do you, you know, if you're a non-exempt worker, meaning you're hourly and entitled to overtime, mm-hmm. how do you monitor that? You can't, right? You have to trust the employee. And if the employee says, I worked 10 hours today, you have to pay them overtime unless you can prove they absolutely didn't. I mean, there are so many nuances that this remote workforce has created or exposed that companies now have to deal with. And it's, I mean, it's, it's really been interesting for us because it's, I love, I'm a problem solver. So I love being able to sit down with clients and help them through that process, but it's going to keep changing. Are we going to see mm-hmm. the integration of the bio, what, what word am I searching for? The biomedical markers that people were afraid of in terms of <clears throat> implanting chips devices making people wear wristbands um tracking humans is what i'm getting at do you think that it's subtly and slowly in a very perceived non-offensive way that will work its way into society that 10 15 years from now we're looking like in order for you to work for xyz and go out and function in your day you have to have this chip put into your wrist i mean we headed that way it's horrifying now yeah to some people Mm -hmm. Not many, unfortunately, sure. but are we headed that direction? Putting leashes on people. I saw it years ago mm-hmm. when I have a friend of mine who works in the copier business. The copier repair forces mm-hmm. were always out on their own, and they would call with payphones and check in <laughs> and things like that, where they are and working yeah. in the city and so forth. But now they have the devices yeah. to check the mileage, and they know where they are and what time they should be there and mm-hmm. how long they were on the job site. Yeah. All that Big Brother stuff crept in, and they mm-hmm. pushed back. But truckers have that now, right? Over-the-road truckers can no yep. longer keep two logbooks like they used to, yeah. the real logbook and yep. the fake logbook yep. in case they're stopped. Yep. So that all kind of worked its way in. But I mean the human, not so much the vehicles now, the human. Will the human be tethered by some kind of leash system? We already are. It's our cell phone. When you think about it, our cell phone tracks everything we do. Okay. Do I do I think we'll have implants? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, is it a possibility? I mean, medical technology is advancing. I, I could see, and this is you know not talking from a conspiracy theory standpoint, but just from a medical standpoint, right? That they implant something in your wrist that has all of your medical history. So, yeah, God forbid you're in an, ac- in an accident. They can scan it and they know exactly are you like I'm allergic to penicillin. That's actually a very positive. Thing. Well, th- that is like there are certain things I think could really change the world. But your from a criminal th- record. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean everything. I mean your your social media profile, your Tinder profile, like all of that's on there. <laughs> I mean you could do all of that. You meet, some, you meet a day at the bar and you scan each other's wrist first. Right. Oh, okay, you check out. All right. <laughs> it's exactly right. But but from a tracking standpoint, we're already getting tracked, right? I mean. Unless you turn off all of your or change it's not bio of, yet, though. It's not like no, part it's, of your it's body. It's not, yet. but I mean, my Apple phones connect to my Apple Watch. When I work out, what I eat, it's all tracked and measures my heart rate. It's well, already. You choose that stuff. Though. Right. I mean, I, I do, but, but I have to affirmatively tell them, no, I don't want to do that. Got it. So there's a lot of things it's already tracking. I just got to tell them not to. But to me, it's like, 
do I care that yeah, much? Yeah, it's not worth worrying about. No, it's not because uh, do I want to go live off the grid? No, like I like the grid. I like the phone. I like I, li- I like the grid. But I mean, think about that's it. That's like, the theme for the show. I like the grid. I like the fact that when I go on on Facebook and see something that's that was great. interesting, that and then so I forgot about, it, and then two days later it shows me I'm like, oh, that's what I was looking at. I couldn't remember what it was. Cool, I'm going to buy that. And then Amazon tells me you should definitely buy this because <laughs> some other people bought that too. I'm like. Great idea. I, sucker. I, I'm a sucker. Yes. I mean, everything. I mean, we have a coffee machine in our office that I only bought, which is broken. I have to buy a new one because Amazon said, I think you'll like this. I'm like, I need an espresso machine in the office. But I will definitely like this. And now it's broke and we can't figure it out. So I'm just going to order a new one. So Amazon that's got two hysterical. of them out of me. But that's really what's happening, right? And there are people that are just so against it. And that's your right. That's the great thing about America. It's your right to choose. Yes. Do I think 10 years from now we're going to have these implants? To I don't think so. I mean, we thought we were going to have flying cars in 2020. I mean, I don't see any cars flying in, in Coriopolis the right Jetsons now. The Jetsons said we'd have that by the year 2000, right? right? <laughs> right. What happened to that shit? I mean, if anyone's going to do it, Elon Musk was, and, and he hasn't done it yet. A so. flying car would be so awesome. Now, think about that. I, mean, I could see a lot of legal problems. Oh, my God. I, I, could, I don't even know where to start. Like People right. don't even register drones right now. I know, but if you could actually get out and go straight up and then just like position it and just fly to wherever, you know, maybe yeah. 100 feet off the ground and just fly to where you want to go. I'm afraid of heights, so I'd definitely shit my pants. I, I, yeah, but I, I thought I could handle all that, though. If it was all automated? I mean, it was automated, or if there was a pilot in the car with me, like, cool. But if I'm flying a plane myself, I'm not sure I'd be cool with you that. You don't think that's coming? I mean, maybe. I mean, I, look, anything's possible. I mean, think about... I, I remember writing papers looking at encyclopedias, and now I can literally go on Google and get a paper done for me. So the world, the world has changed. I mean, the world has changed yeah, every, completely. Every junior and senior high school student, yeah. you don't know how easy you have oh now that some God. guy in India is writing your term papers. And don't lie. <laughs> no. You know you're doing it. Like when my son writes a paper, I'm like, man, like I remember going to the library for in college. Your son's not writing a paper. You mean no. the one he hired the guy in no, he Mumbai actually, he, to actually he, write for him? I, I, he sent me the essays he wrote. And I okay. read them and edited okay. them. And he actually, he actually wrote one of his speeches about me in this okay. spot, which was really cool but okay. they do do work but I remember like going to the library and pulling out books and, the worst. and writing down the references but was the it the club. worst there was there was something to that I love books there was something to the learning experience mm-hmm. the process yeah that I think was healthy oh it, it was it, it felt it was definitive if you did it yeah exactly I, I loved it. it was an accomplishment yes like I liked going to the library saying I'm gonna go here for five hours and write this paper and then at the end, having a finished product, it was like, wow, like that was an accomplishment. Now As opposed to like watching four seasons of Desperate Housewives right. on Netflix, right? That's an accomplishment. No, exactly. It's a Every, pandemic accomplishment. Right. Yes, exactly. But that's, but that's the thing. So think about, and that was, you know, I graduated college in 99, so it was 22 years ago. Right, right, right. right, right. The world has changed so drastically no, since then. No, I don't. I still don't think, you know, when they say all oh, the, the vaccines going to be chip and you, I, no, I don't, do I think that? No, mm-hmm. I really don't. Do I think it's possible to, yeah, anything's possible. I mean, anything's possible. I think there's a lot of privacy concerns if employers would start requiring people to have to get implants to have things. There's, there's you know HIPAA. There's all these privacy laws now mm-hmm. that would impact that. So I don't know. It's interesting, yeah, because that privacy concerns and those HIPAA laws are going to mm-hmm. be butting right up against about 
butting up against can the businesses function profitably yeah. Yeah. if the people aren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing. I think a lot of businesses have realized that remote workers are a lot better. Hmm. They're more productive. A, a lot of my clients that I've spoken to, they're larger companies that have went remote, have gotten so much more productivity out of it. Because think about it, right? If I'm thinking of one client in particular, when they're in the office, the culture is not that great. They don't like the office culture. So they're working at 70% efficiency because they're just pissed off to be there. It's a drudgery. It's a drudgery. And then you're finding excuses to talk, to mingle, to go to lunch. When people are working from home, they're typically working and then they're not working. And they're in, in that eight hour window, they're 120% productive hmm. compared to 70% productive. So they're getting, companies are seeing they're getting more work done hmm. with a remote workforce. Now they're cutting real estate costs. Yeah. They're oh, removing. Yeah. So the commercial oh, yeah. market's going to change, I think. Um, and they're realizing they don't need as big a workforce. Like having to lay people off, they're realizing they can, you know, a company that was operating with 20 people in an office can now run that same company with 15 people remote. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting dynamic. Not, not every company, but I am seeing it quite frequently. Do you think we were we were headed there anyways? Yeah. But the pandemic just sped up the mm-hmm. process. I do. I do think that. I think, what do I think we were headed to a full remote workforce? No. I think we were definitely headed to a flex workforce. Okay. People, pe- because people, because we've gotten to a point where there's, you know, Growing up, parents, they went to jo- they went to work 9 to 5. They came home. There wasn't email. There wasn't anything. So your job stopped at 5, and you went back the next day. On the weekends, your job stopped. You went back on Monday. Now everything's just meshed together. Yeah. So a lot of companies were, work- were looking at, okay, how do we give employees back some balance? Let's let them work from home two days a week. Mm-hmm. So at least they feel they're still working, but they're at home. They can get other things done. They feel a little bit more balanced. That was happening anyways. The pandemic just accelerated it. Okay. And I think created a 100% remote workforce as opposed to a 60% remote yeah. workforce. Yeah. That's what I see. Hmm. So we are um, in, we're in March, right? It's March, yeah. it's March, <laughs> March of 2021 here. Yes. So uh, new administration, uh, it seems like maybe kind of somewhat the pandemic is ebbing and it yeah. seems like the, there's talk of mid to late summer things being back to normal the texas rangers just announced that they're gonna uh, let the fans come in at full capacity for rangers games which yes. that's a huge thing yeah. a little yeah. scary but it's yeah. you know that's positive right yeah absolutely what's your viewpoint on what we're going to expect the next uh, four to six months i so I think I have an interesting viewpoint. Okay. I like to think so. I do think we're going to start seeing places open up. I think I, I, I would bet that in Pennsylvania we'll start seeing restrictions loosen again after St. Patty's Day. Okay. I think they'll start because what what I think has happened is new administration came in and and you know, not to talk politics, but you know there's the right and the left, and I think when the new administration came in, people thought it was going to be very far left. Mm-hmm. And I think when they came in, Biden's not far mm-hmm. left. He's a moderate. Never, He's never a moderate. Right. And I think a lot of these blue state governors and blue state, you know, politics realize like, oh, shit, it's not a fully left. We can do whatever we want type administration. So now I well, think we, a lot of never them. never had one. Of 
Republicans. No, no, no. But I think they were assuming it was going to be <laughs> yeah. because they were such an anti-Trump True. movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The pendulum now, would swing all the way. Yeah, but now I think they're starting to see. Well, wait a minute. It didn't swing that far. We've got to start fending for ourselves, and we've yeah. got to get. You know, maybe we're not going to get all the bailouts that we going. need. So now yeah. we got to open up quicker because the government's not going to give us everything we thought they were going to give us. Right. Now we need to figure shit out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that PA is talking about taxing or, or tolling 79 right. bridge, like they're just doing crazy shit. But I think the America, it's been a year. Let's be honest. It's been a year. Mm-hmm. I think people have done their part. You know, we've all struggled mm-hmm. with this pandemic. We've all and science has done their part. It's amazing. Yeah. We have these, it's, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. The minds that are in our science communities, unbelievable. 100%. But that's the thing. When you, when you push people to task, they tend to get it done. And that's the advancement of science. So, you know, when people talk about all the vaccine, the vaccine wasn't rushed. It was just there was an end date when it had to be done by. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, hey, we need this done now. And, they, and red and they, tape was cut. Exactly. So that, love them or hate them. That was the one thing coming out of the Trump administration. Yeah. Where they, you know, whatever it warps people, whatever they called it. Yeah. We're seeing the results of it yeah, now. He's absolutely. just not there to, to take his victory yeah. lap. Yeah. You know, you're seeing the results of it. Absolutely. And you wanted that result. You wanted people to get vaccinated. That, that wanted to get vaccinated. But but I think, you know, cases have come way down, mm-hmm. right? More people are getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I think at a certain point, people, there's always going to be that segment of the population that's just, it's, everything's a conspiracy. I think the people that are logically in the middle that have kind of, Along the way, listened. I think they're going to get to a point where it's like, wait a minute, this—if we keep staying restricted, it doesn't add up with the math and the mm-hmm. science. Because why are we still doing the same things? Like now, the CDC is telling—I I read an article that I can't remember where the schools, but they're requiring kids to wear two masks. Yeah, because that, the that CDC didn't really, that didn't take off. Well, but, but it's funny how that got pushed back. But one one school district is requiring their kids to do that now. Yeah. Like my daughter comes home every day with a headache. Mm-hmm. from her mask and i get it like i understand that like and, it, and i feel bad for her but it's i think at a certain point that people won't take it anymore mm-hmm. and because i'm even seeing it now like i'm you know i'm a i'm an observer of people right i've been out quite a bit recently with just clients because people are, are encouraged to right. they want to go out right. everywhere i've been mm-hmm. every restaurant has been packed with people people want to be out yeah. people you know it, it's just amazing to me the whole mask thing like i try i try and Say, okay, I know why we're doing it. But then I, I watch people, okay, they'll put it on, they'll go, they'll touch everything. No one's cleaning that stuff. They're touching the stairwell, the door. It's just we're doing it because we're told to do it. But what is it actually doing compared to everything else? So this is what I think is going to happen. This, here's a prediction for okay. you. I might be full of it, but I think this is what's going to happen. Okay. I think... I don't think we're going to have another pandemic for a long time. I think it's kind of cyclical, although there is some some credence that maybe this one was man-made, you know, out of China. It could, it could yeah. be. My point is there's going to be a lot of studies done on what we did, yep. how we reacted, and were things effective. Yeah, agreed. I think there's going to be studies that are going to come out over the next couple of years mm-hmm. that are going to show that, masking did very little to really mitigate. Now, I could be wrong, and I don't profess that masking is good or bad. I'm just saying, I'm guessing there's going to be studies that are going to show that maybe it wasn't anything that we did outside of the science of the vaccine Mm -hmm. and letting it work its way through society. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of people with a lot of paper 
and a lot of background in mm-hmm. medic medicine that have been against masks yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And they have been drowned out yeah, as being absolutely. uncaring. They've been yeah. labeled a bunch of different things. Yeah. And I'm not making a value judgment. I'm just saying you have to listen to all sides yeah. to squash out their opinions. Yeah. And what if we come back four or five years ago and there's a consensus, a mm-hmm. real consensus that we as humans with the masks didn't really affect anything. Right. Maybe the social distancing helped a little yeah. bit, but the actual mask wearing. So then how do we view that going forward? Like, what do we do as a society going forward? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And I think, you know, I always, um, when it comes to just all of this, right? The mask, the social distancing probably work, right? If you stay far away from people, yeah. Yeah. um, the masking, like I always ask people because I do my part, like I wear one. Well, sure, to wear so them. do I. But I, I say, okay, explain to me, like the people that are very like on the mask. Okay? You're militant maskers. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, explain to me Maskinistas. how the moment I, <laughs> right, yes. Like when I get to my table at a restaurant, why is it safe for me to take my mask off? Like, it's I, not. I, that's what I'm saying. So, so tell, so, but, why, but, but the rule says it is. Why is that safe? Why is it safe for me? To wear the mask to the bathroom, but the restaurant does not have to stand there and clean everything I've touched. Like, how is that safe, right? How is it? There's just so many like a lot of illogical bullshit. It's a lot of like we go to Walmart or Target and people, no one's standing there cleaning all the racks and everything, the boxes people are touching, but people are wearing masks. Okay, I get that, but there's other things. The virus just doesn't spread by this. It it you touch things. Like there's certain yeah. things, and it's. Yeah. You know, they the the face like I see. I was at a restaurant. I saw people wearing the clear face shields. It just like is a chin thing, but it sits out here. I'm like, that's okay, right? But how? If you're telling me I have to wear two masks, but now this how is okay. How do you breathe? Like I, I don't I just, get the whole. I guess my thing is so I'm willing to play ball. Yeah. As an average person, realizing that if this is the this signal I need to send out that I care about you, yeah, and that's what we have to do. Yeah. I do it. Yeah. I just I do it. It's, it's it's not a question. I will do sure. it. But I do question as a functional adult. Yeah, in the deep portion of my mind, mm-hmm. although I may not articulate it in public, mm-hmm. I do wonder how effective at all has it worked. I understand the mask itself can work if you're having surgery, and I understand yeah. why people use them. Yeah. Believe me, I do. Yeah. But has us as citizens wearing them out and about, have we really helped each other by wearing them? And I think we're going to have some studies that are going to open some eyes. That's my prediction. There's no, going to be some studies that are going to open up some eyes. I, I agree. And I, I just don't – again, I'm a logical person. I, I, I lead with logic. And I, I was driving my office this morning, and I just saw a woman walking across the street. There wasn't anybody on the streets. Had a huge mask on. Yeah, and I'm thinking like I, I feel just, bad for our seniors though because they're really scared. Yeah, but th- this was this woman was probably in her 30s. Okay, but I'm thinking to myself like I, I want to understand what they're thinking. Like, are are people that do that? Did they? I, I don't know. Like, is it? Are you afraid that the virus is in the air? Like, you're not near anybody mm-hmm. to spread it. You're not near anybody to get it from someone. Mm-hmm. But you're literally just walking mm-hmm. across a street where no one's. I just that's yeah. that's where my brain starts. Yeah going a little bit haywire so I'm like this i don't understand the logic of it like, okay what is happening so i don't know if you if we've talked about this and if mm-hmm. we have i apologize so my experience with this is the following mm-hmm. 
the moment that COVID started and we went into lockdown and I had all this free time, mm-hmm. uh, I just incorporated walking every day yeah. into my life. And I decided to do it, Rocco, at night because I wouldn't see anybody. Yeah. Because I went on the Montour Trail a couple of times and I was not putting a mask on because yeah. I was walking by myself. Yeah. But some people had masks on and I got accosted a couple of times oh, yeah. on the trail. Yeah. I said, well, this is probably not for me. I made a decision in the beginning because I'm not walking with anybody and I'm walking at night in my hometown and I see outside of people in cars, I see no one mm-hmm. on the streets. There's no reason for me to wear a mask. Right. Sure. Even in the even last summer when it was um or last was it last spring or last fall when it got really bad. Yeah. I'm still not near anyone. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But once in a while, somebody even at 11 30 12 o'clock at night will stop in their car and accost me for not wearing a mask really? or if i do see someone coming down the sidewalk they will if I, don't, I don't have a mask they'll say something or they'll cross the street to get away from me or you know and i generally will cross the street too to be fair to people yeah. but man like i i was not wearing that mask not to be belligerent and not yeah. to, for no political reason i mean yeah. i could care less about that shit yeah. i couldn't breathe yeah. Walking at a, a fast pace for like ninety minutes, right? I'm out of breath. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not so much anymore. But I was originally. My point was, it was very uncomfortable yeah. to breathe through a mask as I exercised. Yeah. I wasn't going to wear them, but yeah. man, every once in a while, and I'm still getting that shit. I'm still getting those kind of comments and, and from I, people <laughs> at, at midnight. It, what, it's crazy, and, and it, it's so frustrating because you know. This whole like, well, how, how you're being selfish and, and you're, but flip it around. Well, aren't you also being selfish by telling me that I have to believe what you believe? Like, it's like no one wants to look at it from the other perspective. Mm-hmm. And we get into these debates with people. It's like, well, you're, you're mad at me because I'm not wearing a mask, mm-hmm. but you're, that, that means that I, you're Max. I don't believe what you believe, mm-hmm. and isn't that selfish? Well, like, why should I believe? What if I've been vaccinated? What if but I? But you are wearing. You are wearing a mask. Right. Where you are required to wear a yes. mask. You are doing the civil thing. You're not being belligerent. Yes. But but just because you're wearing one doesn't I mean I, I wear them because the law says it. Well, the law. Well, the, the companies that I, I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Or especially as a realtor, we're required yeah. to do it. Yeah, I exactly. play the game. Absolutely. But you ask my personal to. opinion. Do I think it's helping? I don't know. No. I have my doubts. And, and what frustrates me about this whole argument, it's like, okay, take smoking. Like, what if I was walking by someone that smoking was belligerent with them? I, there's no way I could do that. I'd get accosted, right? But that is proven to kill people. But we can't, you can't say something about that. I'm not talking bad about smokers, but I'm like, but now people are accosting others. For choosing for not to wear a mask because they can't breathe because of a virus that 99.9% survival rate, we kind of know what it does now, and yeah. it's we're yeah. kind of on the back end of this. Yep. Like, we have to get yep. better as a society. We have to be tolerant of others. Right. And right. that's where my, like, like I said, I'm like you. Like, I play ball. Like, do I think they work? I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. Right. I don't. I've heard both sides. I understand both right. sides. I don't have a judgment one way or the other. But you err on the side of being courteous. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, a, I'm a decent human being, you right. know. Uh, but if I'm not near anybody, I'm not going to put a mask on because I want to be able to breathe fresh air. Like I want to be able to. Uh, I, like when I see people driving in their cars with a mask on, <laughs> I, I just not to sound like an asshole, but but I I think to myself, why? What are we doing? Like why? And I hope to God that two or three years from now 
we as Americans look back on this time of our lives and all the shit that's happened, the just ridiculousness, that we look back and say, what the fuck were we doing? Because, <laughs> I mean, there are things that I listen about, listen to, you know, uh, about, like, kids and allowing them to pick, like, genders and, like, just so much shit happening in the world right now that I'm like, I feel like we've lost our collective mind or this is, like, one big April Fool's matrix that we're in mm -hmm. and that in a couple years we're going to wake up and get back to what this country's really about. This is the greatest fucking country in the on Hands the planet. Let's be honest. Hands and down. we complain about a lot of shit in this country, but people that complain about I've been to India. I've seen poverty. I've no, no seen doubt, no the doubt. shit. Like I've no been doubt. to the no Middle doubt. East. I've seen places I don't want to live anywhere mm -hmm. other than America. And the fact that we complain about certain things, it's just like come on. We live in the best place that we were blessed Listen, to man, be born here. People were at our border wanting to get in. Right. Like, what does that tell you? I don't see anybody at the border of Guatemala trying to get in there. No, you don't see anybody trying to run out of our border either. Like, I'm getting the fuck out of America. You, All these celebrities that said they were going to, where are they? They're all still so here. We're still waiting for those right. yahoos. But, but that's the thing. Like, it's... We complain about this shit that, yeah, there are problems in this country. Absolutely. Well, there are always going to be problems. Yeah, that's any There's 360 society. 360 million people living here. And it's society. That we know of. Exactly. <laughs> it's society. We're going to have problems. You right. can't, there's certain things you will just right. never be able to completely eradicate. Right. right. But we have to also take a step back and say, we live in the freest country in the world. Right. And embrace that. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to all fall back in love with America. And I think if we do that, regardless of your political affiliation or the side of the fence you sit on or your beliefs, mm -hmm. if we all come back and say, this country's fucking great, I think a lot of our problems will start to be solved. That's what I believe, because we've lost the spirit of America. Mm -hmm. We've lost what makes this country great. We've lost that love of country. Right. And when we get that back, that's when we fix problems. There's always going to be Democrats and Republicans and left and right. And that's there should be. Mm -hmm. There should be two sides of the story or three sides or five sides. Mm -hmm. But we all have to have a common belief that where we live is where we want to be because it's the best there is. Right. And that's what we need to get back to. Well, the, there's always that fine line of, you know, um, the spirit of the individual mm -hmm. and uh, self-reliance, and then there's you hope that it gets blended with that is kindness. I think that's yeah. what America was the the essence of America. That's what it's supposed to be. We're yeah. going to be free. We're going to you know it's every man for themselves. Yeah, theoretically, mm -hmm. but for all that to work, you've got to also have enough of those people to yeah. have an altruistic view of life, yes. that have kindness that will help those who mm -hmm. really genuinely need the help. Absolutely, you know, because we can't have pure capitalism because. People will die. Yeah, right. And we can't have pure communism or socialism yep. because people will die. Yep, exactly. Right. I mean, yep. you've got to have. Yep. You've got to. And I think that's where Bush, two, or maybe it was Bush one. Whoever, which of those two presidents coined the phrase "compassionate conservative"? People mocked him. It was Bush one. But it, they mocked him. But that was so. You know, the nail right on yeah. the freaking head. Mm -hmm. That's, um, you know, or a pragmatic liberal. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need them both because Absolutely. that's a, a Absolutely. that's a, it's a nod. 
it's a conservative with a nod to kindness, with a nod yeah. to the center, with yeah. a nod to that, that we're there for you. Yep. It's a liberal with a nod to the center, yep. to a nod to capitalism, yep. to a nod to business that, hey, we we like this America. Yeah. We just believe you know, in kindness, too. Yeah, exactly. Those people can exist when they must exist. Absolutely. That's what our center must be. You know, and, and I remember that Bush president being mocked for that conservative yeah. or compassionate conservatism, mm-hmm. I think that's what mm-hmm. it was. That's exactly what that Republican Party needs to, to be. Yeah. And the Democratic Party needs to be a pragmatic yeah. Democratic Party. You know, that's yeah. good. That 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 yeah. will that will enable things to work right. Yes. You know, it's it's so true. And, and we've we've lost what government's about in this country. We've just we've we've lost the you know, one point nine trillion. Right. I with mean, a T. Right. I mean, we're just pr- start buying gold and silver. We're I mean, we're just literally printing money. But but to me, it's like I, I believe, you know, government has purpose. Right. There's mm-hmm. fundamental sure. purposes. And I believe, you know, interstate commerce, national defense. That's mm-hmm. what it was founded in the Constitution. And, and to help those who can't help themselves. Like right. That's what the government's it's the backstop. Right. Do I believe the government is here to solve everybody's problems? No. Well, they won't. No, but Even if but, we wanted them to, they won't. They won't do it. We, our politicians in that right. scheme and that system, will not do it. Right. Time and time again. Right. They'll do other things. Yep. But they won't solve the problems. No, that's they it. Kick they, it down the road. They kick it down the road. And, and like this bill, if you look at the bill, is it really COVID relief? Not really. Like there's so much. None to of it. them are though, and I mean, that's the thing. And, and that's but that's what's frustrating is the narrative given is this is going to do this for people. This, yet is going to do those things. That's a small portion of that 1.9 trillion dollars, hmm. and the fact that we're just very easily in a few weeks agreeing to spend as a country. trillion dollars on top of what we've already spent it's money we don't have don't have and our kids are going to be stuck paying it taxes are going to go up and we've got to figure out a better way Mm -hmm. we've got people need to start taking personal responsibility well here's the thing here's the rub the rub is guaranteed Mm -hmm. like every five-year block going back 100 years Mm -hmm. 1.9 trillion and I can guarantee you this. I would bet the house that five or ten years from now, there will be no significant dent in homelessness. No. There will be no significant dent mm-hmm. in hunger in nope. this country. Two things that we could fix if we wanted to. Yeah, absolutely we could. There won't be a significant dent. As right. a matter of fact, I think those problems will probably grow a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable to me. Yeah. It's like you, you, to spend that wad of money. Yeah. And again, just kick the problem cans down the street. Just yeah. keep kicking them down the street mm-hmm. and paying lip service to it. This, they're just even you, yeah. my good friend. If you got elected as representative tomorrow, I would say the same to you. Yeah, I would expect because you. Because you're not going to fix anything. No, I would expect you to say that. You're going to get dissolved into that system. You're going to get you get pushed into the machine, yeah. and you could have the greatest intentions in the world. And it doesn't mean that you, the machine spits you out in four, six, or eight years, and you're yeah. a bad person. Yeah. It's just that you're just another participant in the yeah. machine mm-hmm. that's driven by the pursuit yeah. of acquiring money at all costs yeah. and then shelling it out to wherever mm-hmm. it's going to keep you in office. Yeah, it's about power. It's about
it's about power that's it. and that's it and, and the, the fact that we don't have term limits shows you very simply we'll never have them we need them that's the only way the to people fix the problem. who will give them are the people who they would have most I affect well I, I always go back to okay do it you're grandfathered in if you lose in re-election, then okay, you're out. It's a great concept. But they should do that. Like, just we're going to institute term limits. Comp. Everyone in Congress now is not subject to them. If you lose re-election, you're now subject to them. That's, That's what they should do. Great concept. Simple. I've, ne- do that. I've never thought about that. Like, it's a simple fix. But but it's true. Like, that, and that's the thing. Like, you know, homelessness, poverty, hunger, our vets. Like, how do we have this country that sends billions of dollars in foreign aid? How are we not fixing our problems at home? Mm-hmm. Like it breaks my heart to hear any veteran that's struggling because they chose to put their life on the line so we can live in this country. Mm-hmm. We can be free. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're not doing for them before we do for someone else, nope. like that's just completely baffling to me. What's also baffling to me is is and I've said it, Dr. Brock was on recently. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I don't have answers, I, but I will, I will shine a light on problems. Yeah. And I definitely believe that the fact that we are the greatest, most wealthy country mm-hmm. in the history of man are, I believe this, our economic system mm-hmm. and our political system are both big experiments that for most part theoretically worked. Yeah. We just, there's so much corruption in the human condition that mm-hmm. we've bastardized them. Yeah. Absolutely. But we have all this might, yet there are kids in this country to no fault of their own, yeah. they, regardless of their quality of their parenting, yeah. they are hungry. Yeah. If we can't feed people, That's, our yes. own people who are here, yes. regardless of demographic, yep. circumstances, that one thing, even beyond having a house for yeah. them or a place to live, we yeah. can talk about that too, but we just simply can't feed them. Yeah, that's... Oh, we can feed them. We can. We choose not to feed them. 100% right, man. And and that's that's the thing that breaks my heart. Like, like kids, you know, I mean, having kids, you just look at that differently. And for any kid to be hungry, I couldn't imagine, mm-hmm. like, my kids being hungry and not being able to feed them and just the, the mental anguish that was caused. And mm-hmm. we as a country can solve that very easily. We need to put better systems in place. We that could be to. solved in three to four months done. If we really wanted to do it, if, yeah. if any president or any maybe major senator yeah. or, or Pelosi or uh, Schumer or anyone mm-hmm. of prominence in our government would put a mission together. I mean, a real, I mean, yeah. not pay lip service yeah, to it. Exactly. I mean, we're going to, we just spent 1.9 trillion. Yes. We produce all this food. Yeah. And yet you're going to tell me we can't, right. we can't feed people. We yeah. can, we can make a vaccine in a year. We can't feed people. Yep. Exactly. We that. can't feed right. people. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what blows my mind. That how, how is that the case? We have to beg charities to feed people, Rocco. Wrap that around your yeah, head. We beg charities mm-hmm. to feed people, mm-hmm. and there's not enough charity yeah. to get it done, mm-hmm. logistically or whatever. Yep. yep. Come That's, on. Well, Come and, on. And, no, listen. I, I I completely agree, and and it's the biggest problem in this country, and how that should. I believe we need to solve our problems in this country first before mm-hmm. we solve any other countries. Do we need to be the world's policemen? Maybe, maybe not. But do we need to send all Nation this building? Yeah. Do we need to send all this foreign aid when we're not 
taking care of the people that live within our borders, when we're letting more people in the borders and we can't even take care of the people that we have here, right. that's what I get frustrated yeah. about. I'm not, I don't care about, you know, the, the whole immigration thing. I mean, that that's a whole different topic and discussion, mm-hmm. legality of it. But if we're going to open borders to let anybody in, but yet we haven't done what we can to take care of the people well, in our insult. country. It, it really it's, is. It isn't hatred toward, toward no, those coming in. I want them to all. come in. Absolutely. There's a legal process to do it. Yep. Let's do it. Yep. And let's work with that process to figure that out. Yeah. But before we do any of that, I'm sorry, yeah. if you're already here, yeah. legal or illegal, yeah. if you're already here, yeah. You gotta be fed. Absolutely, you gotta find a safe yes. place. You gotta be. We have to. We have to enable you to be here safely Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, and and that's. Uh, I I don't get it. And it's, we we just piss away money as a government on you know pork projects for certain congressional districts. And you know if you look at if you look at what was in this this you know this legislation, it's completely insane. They don't care. I mean, like the, no. the people voting for it or against it, really. I mean, if the if the circumstance was flipped, mm-hmm. and let's say there was a conservative president or in a conservative Congress, mm-hmm. there still would be this kind of bill. Absolutely. It would be smaller, yeah. probably, maybe, yeah. but there still would be elements of pork in there. Absolutely. It would just would be, be, and you'd have the Democrats complaining about yep. it, because yep. it's all the same machine. Exactly. It doesn't matter who. Yep. But that bill is so overwhelming to the average citizen, yeah. they already know it's effed. Yeah, but there may be a sliver of hope that some of that aid might reach me. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. I'm praying. Oh my God, maybe I'll get a little, I'll get something out of it. Yeah, they're willing to be okay with it. Like oh rah rah, they're helping me out. It's yeah. unbelievable. Open well, your eyes. Well, people don't want to do that. They're like fourteen hundred dollars checks. We're getting them again. Like great, this is awesome. I'm like no, like that's a very small amount compared to what's in that bill. Like, it's unbelievable. What, but people, like, we, we talk about all the time, critical thinking. Because the problem right now is if you critically think, you are criticized. Well, you're uncaring. Yep. You're going to offend somebody yeah. that you don't, that, you, that you're mm-hmm. attacking them somehow by yeah. not caring. Yeah. Which yeah. is even, even more crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, That's it's true. like, oh, you know what's great is like the word indifference. Mm-hmm is a dangerous word to use when describing oneself. Yeah. I found this out. <laughs> I didn't know if I was indifferent on a subject that that could label me as uncaring, mm-hmm. asshole, yeah. um, oppressor, uh-huh. because I'm indifferent. Yeah. Not I'm indifferent because I don't have enough knowledge to, to yeah. contribute to the... To, the yeah. narrative, mm-hmm. which is generally why I'm indifferent, because yep. I don't have enough hours in the day to formulate a good opinion on something. Absolutely, so I'm indifferent. That's yep. my indifference. Yes. But they label you as being indifferent as just yep. being an uncaring asshole. Mm-hmm. Like I'm expected to have a knowledgeable opinion on every topic on the planet <laughs> at any point in time, <laughs> on any conversation, yes. any television show, yep. anything. Yep. And when if you don't, and you say, "Ah, oh, I just don't have enough information. I don't have an opinion. I'm indifferent." Yeah, that's fucking bad. That's exactly right. It's exactly you what hit the nail on the parallel head. universe. Am I living in where yeah. I get uh, I get accosted for being those terrible things they label me because I just don't have enough information to formulate an opinion? And it, well, it's because you don't agree with the opinion they formulated. That's where the offense comes in, right? Because think about it this way: if you if you and I are talking about a subject and we're both indifferent about it. Uh, 
cool, we move on. If I'm, you know, passionately on one side of something and you're indifferent, what happens is, well, how can you not? Like, how can you not believe this? Like, I'm so passionate about this. Like, how? Oh, you're offended. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's exactly (laughs) what it is. Because I'm like you. Like, there are certain things. I have certain viewpoints. And as I've gotten older, I've cared less about shit. Of course. Like, when it comes to, like, politics and certain things. so much time in the day. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, there's probably three things, three, four issues I really care about. The rest... I haven't thought about them long enough to pick a side or to formulate a logical opinion. That, how is that, that bad? It's not, but but to everybody else that has an opinion formed already or the media told them what their opinion should be. Bingo. That's it. And they're like, well, that's terrible. You're an asshole. Like, how can you not, you know? Well, they had, they well, they had, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, they uh, had some anchor on CNBC tell them something or a Fox or yeah. MSNBC or CNN. Yep. That's how they formed their yeah. opinion. Yep. They didn't critically think it through. Well, more than likely, <laughs> they just grabbed onto a to a, a word or a phrase and they're side, holding man. on it, man. And and so they because they figured out. Well, I you know I I made up my mind in in a minute. You know you can do the same thing. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't I don't maneuver my life in ex, in extremes. No, but it's but they you know? but they pick one of those. Like I, I after the uh, Biden speech last night, I said, let me. I'm just curious what the headlines are. I think I can't remember exactly what they were, but basically, you went to Fox and it was like Biden's speech was dark and despair. Go to CNN, light at the end of the tunnel for COVID. I'm like, he literally said the same shit, and completely different viewpoints. Of course. It's just like... It's what they want to hear. But, but, but literally, if Trump got up there and said the exact same words, Fox would have said, Trump gives hope for the for the, for the <laughs> pandemic coming to the end. And CNN would say, Trump is killing more people with vaccines. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. it's just... But that's the problem with the media. Yeah. And it's yeah. too many people yeah. have attached themselves to a side. Instead of doing the critical thinking and taking and dispelling logic from stuff... They just go to a place, makes sense, that's my opinion. And then when someone they talk to, like you or I, that are indifferent on a topic, and we don't agree with them, we're offensive. Or ask them questions. That right. Then they, like, they I know. don't care about certain things. Well, okay, so <laughs> is it is it intellectual laziness? Like, the reason I ask that question is, you know, it's... Everything's been spoon-fed. Mm-hmm. We've been shown opportunities too easily to grab on to something. Like, yeah. To take, you know, yep. I listen to Tucker Carlson. He makes more sense than anybody else. So whatever Tucker says, I'm going with. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you want Tucker Carlson to run your life for you, yeah, right. then, you know, I hope, you know, I hope Tucker's getting paid because yeah. that's that's a hell of a lot of power there, yeah, right? Right. I mean, exactly. Or, yep. or vice versa. Pick somebody mm-hmm. on the left and do the same thing. Yeah. It's like, you, you, you know, that's insanity. Yeah. But, but think about the problem, okay? So um, when you go to do the research, right? Where do you go to do the research? So they go, it's an echo chamber. They go right, exactly that, to their, to the, whoever leans, whatever tells them what they want to hear. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. You research right. things that make me feel comfortable. Yeah, you, you research to validate your opinion, not to find the answer. That's, yes. that's the problem. So if, if, you, if you say, I like Tucker, I like what he said, I'm going to go, even if I want to do the critical research, I'm going to find the research that adds up to what I believe already. 
you know, I, you know, and I've caught myself doing that. And then I had to, it, because it's really hard well, there's to no find impartial. impartial. It's, it's impossible, really. No, I, I mean, I go to Reuters once in a while. And yeah. yeah even that's got a, got a little I've, smooth, I've just I think. come to the point where I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll listen to a little bit on both sides. And then I just try and take facts and say what makes sense to me what are the facts though well that's the thing i mean i i try and at least dispel as much as i can and just formulate my own opinion based upon my own logic whether it's right or wrong that's for me to determine mm-hmm. and i live my life that way i've stopped listening to a lot of the media i've kind of pulled myself because it was just it was becoming toxic and i'm like it, it doesn't make any sense like, yeah. you're not getting the full story you're you know the fact that like you know, what's going on with with Governor Cuomo? Mm-hmm. Like that's so infuriating to me because if those allegations, like you got to take those seriously. And if that if that's truly six allegations in a, I mean, how is he still in office when if that was someone else, they would have burnt down New York? Well, what about what about is the decision on the? Um, the care homes no longer relevant. Well, right. I mean, that's exactly right, and it's and it's because the media leans a certain way, and like I, I even watch the headlines. I'm like, how? Like this is when it was going on with Supreme Court justices or people on the right. It was like you got to, and I agree. You believe and listen and try and understand if that truly happened. Like those right. stories matter. Of course, like, that they should do. never happen to someone. Of course, they do. And how now all of a sudden because it was the media darling, the guy that wrote the book on leadership during crisis, that now all these women come out and they're not. Well, it, it's 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 typical political hypocrisy. Yeah. It's like you know, and I, I go back. I go back to um, I go back to uh, this. This reared its head uh, at a point in my life when I started to pay attention to mm-hmm. it was when Bill Clinton had the issue with Lewinsky. Yeah, um, and now the National Organization of Women, mm-hmm. a very powerful organization, um, and by all accounts, a, a very important yeah. organization in the history of, of women's rights in this yeah. country. It took them a long time before they made a statement. Yeah. And that was puzzling to me. Yeah. As, yeah. As, as, as probably as a young conservative or as mm-hmm. a moderate conservative, like looking at that going, that's really puzzling to me. Yeah. But you have a circumstance here where I think, and the right has the same problems at times, yeah, where they, you get these commentators mm-hmm. on these networks who get so embedded with a certain politician, yep. they fawn all over them. Yeah. And didn't help that the governor's brother works there either. Yeah, right. Yep. But now it's a big walk back, a mea culpa, they call it, right? Yeah, None, yeah. It's a really tough thing to do in yeah, their field, is. you know, to have yeah. one. But, but they're going to have to do it. And I'd have more respect for them if they to, came well, back and just course, did it. Of course, of course. Like, it's just call it for what it of is. Of course, man. I mean, but, but, and maybe some of them really want to, and maybe the network's not letting them. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the frustrating part. Then it's not journalism anymore. It's sensationalism, and well, we know it's it not. No, it's not. We know that on it's either not. side. No, not at all. But it's th- that's what still boggles my mind because I've, I've been following this story. And I mean, because look, when when the pandemic was going on, like I liked Cuomo. Like he's you know he's leading. He's he's being very. He seemed way more competent than De Blasio did in New York City. Oh, one hundred percent. And I mean, his press briefings were great, like factual. Like here's what's going yeah. on, yeah. and I'm like, this is a leader. Like I believe that, but then. To have all this stuff come out, I'm not saying that that's making him a bad leader, but to have all this stuff come out now, mm-hmm. and no one's really talking about it in the way they would if it was someone else, certainly, just completely frustrates me because 
that's a big problem in America. That's why we have a lot of this divide in the country, because this should be an issue we all agree on. Okay, so so this is, I think this is pretty much indisputable. Mm-hmm. I think it is. If you just disagree, okay. suit me. Um, I think it's generally accepted that a liberal or a liberal way of thinking and living, if you want to brand yourself with that term, liberal, mm-hmm. Democrats, the the old. The old way of looking at the parties is that the Democrats were kindler, gentler. Although mm-hmm. that was a Republican phrase, but they were, they cared more about the person. Sure, yep. they're kinder people. Yeah. they care more about the greater good. Yeah. They care yep. about the bigger experience. They're mm-hmm. not much into the individual. This is what the projection supposedly yeah. is. Yep. And conservatives or right wingers care more about the individual. Mm-hmm. Big business squashed a little guy, all this mm-hmm. real nasty stuff. That's kind of the two projections, yep. am I right? And I'd say there's probably some truth in both of them. Yep. Not completely, but there's some truth, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Well, you have a circumstance here where you have all this bad stuff happening to a really nice guy yeah. as far as they're concerned. Yeah. And they're in control mm-hmm. of of Congress and the presidency and yep. the media. They're yep. in control now. And it they're having a hard time eating their own. Yeah, that's exactly when it really needs to happen. Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. And maybe the Republicans have a hard time. I know some networks had a hard time taking Trump to task when yeah. he deserved it. And absolutely. they're still having a hard time doing yeah, that. You yes, know? Absolutely. It's just I think that the liberal mentality is more on the human mm-hmm. than it is more on the I don't know, um, the uh, I don't even want to say money because money on both. Yeah, the liberal mindset is just more about the goodness of people. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. So you're giving the man the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, that's the that's the mindset that is so quick to be offended, quick right. quick to you know to let you know when yeah. you're doing something wrong, right. to cancel you out for yep. something you did 30 years ago yep. maybe. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. That with all these different groups, these mm-hmm. these rights groups within their party yeah. and that mindset, they're not dealing with their problem. Right, because that's because that's their guy. When it was like Brett Kavanaugh for Supreme Court, we've got to believe everybody. Like he, you know, it was it, it was a totally different statement from them. Like the, like giving him the be- giving Cuomo the benefit of the doubt to me is just like come on, that's hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of political affiliation, like well, it sh- it should be. I mean, it, it should be hypocrisy. I mean, because, because regardless of, of political affiliation, but that matters big time in this country. It's you know, this is something you know, sexual abuse or sexual harassment is not something we should take lightly. Everyone in, well, in America tolerated. No, not at all. And everyone in America should be agreeing that this is wrong and it needs to be investigated. They're starting if, to agree. And now. if six, if this happened to six women and they're threat, like. He needs out of office. It shouldn't mm-hmm. matter what side of the aisle you're on. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a common thing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you just don't. How do we even? How is this even becoming a discussion? Like a degree of it. Okay, so l- let's parse some things for a quick. Okay, though. okay. Parse so, me. governor, Democratic governor, mm-hmm. accused by six women of of doing these things. Mm-hmm. Year 2021. Yep. That pressure. On any public figure, regardless of party, mm-hmm. that pressure has been enough for the last fifteen to twenty-ish years, enough to get them out of public life. Mm-hmm. 
maybe before the 20 years prior, six women come and have those things. That isn't enough. At that time, Mm -hmm. there was the following concept. You're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And we would lean more on the law Mm -hmm. than public opinion Mm -hmm. before we forced people out of public life. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying one's right or wrong. I'm making mm-hmm. an observation. Mm-hmm. Opinion matters today. Public yeah. opinion way more than it ever mm-hmm. did 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Because there was always rumors of Kennedy and mm-hmm. other things going on and, and Reagan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was... But six women accusing someone in the year 1995 didn't hold the same weight nope. that it holds today. Nope. Isn't that interesting? Well, I'm not saying one's right or wrong. No, I'm no. just saying that they're different. Well, completely different because, I mean, t- and, and this is this is what I see. This is my perspective. Okay? Yes, the legal system is you're innocent until proven. If you're a criminal charges, you're innocent until proven guilty. Right? Every person... Hopefully every, that's still the same today. Well, right. But every victim has their day in court. Every accused has their day in court. What has happened is kind of when Trump came on board and then his appointees, it was that shifted to you have to believe them that the innocent until proven guilty in that in that arena changed because it was like, no, no, no. if these women came out, you have to believe them that that innocent until proven guilty is gone. Now it's backfiring. I think it's before Trump, though. But I I think that's where really where it really became to the surface. It was happening, but like. All the women that accused Trump, well, you have to believe them. Like that's you have to believe them. When his appointees, like the Kavanaugh, you have to believe them. It was it was that. And I'm not saying you don't have to believe mm-hmm. them. But now what's happening is that narrative that was created by this side is now backfiring because their darling mm-hmm. now has six women that are accusing and now they've got to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they're having a really hard time getting those words out. Like, they're all saying, well, yeah, like, you probably should, you know, they should, you know, that happened to them. They should be listened to. And all I would say, you're so right. And all I would say, all I would say is the following. I would say, Jennifer Flowers, Paula Jones. Yeah. Yep. They sure weren't believed, were they? Right. Yeah. Their lives were ruined, weren't they? Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They were threatened. Yep. Mm-hmm. No one believed them. Yeah, exactly. Nothing it, happened to the man. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a toxic environment. I just see a different... Mm-hmm. Now, maybe the response would be um, would be that, well, we've grown as a society. We're taking women more seriously, which I think that's all great. Yeah. It is, if it's even-handed. Right. If everything yes. is even-handed, and if you're truly doing that... Mm-hmm. If you're truly doing that mm-hmm. in an even-handed way, yeah, then we're and we're doing the right thing for women, which I believe mm-hmm. it is, yeah. Then I'd be like, wow, then that makes sense to me, yeah. But being selective about it doesn't make any sense, That's and all I have to do is go back 25 years to Clinton yep. and wonder why those accusers, mm-hmm. who had, they had all kinds of evidence, yep. they were thrown out with the bathwater, and their lives were ruined. Yep. In Lewinsky's life, they tried to ruin her life, yeah. too, yep. until she became a media darling decades later, yep. right? Yep, exactly. I'm just saying, you know, yes, we've progressed as a society, but have we progressed in a manner all the time that makes sense? No. 
And we can't have selective outrage. See, no, and that's that's that's, that's a great way to put selective outrage. But, but, but that's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like it, and it, and it when it shifted to like believing all the women. Like I, I get that, and we should, but we also have to go through the legal process. Mm-hmm. And so when you created that narrative that like we're gonna believe the accusers before we believe the before the accused even gets to say their piece. Well, that's dangerous that, that's, society a, that's dangerous and that's where we got and that's where it went with like trump and all his people mm-hmm. and now it's happening to someone on the other side and that's a hard pill for them to swallow the oh, pill that they've that. created it shouldn't be no we're, we're no that. exactly and, and and that's my problem it's like if if you wouldn't have started it over here then i understand here there's a process we go through investigation everybody gets their day in court so it should be but if you're gonna hold one side to task you got to hold the other side to task well even even go back to even go back to um i mean you there there's never been an equal um disbursement of um i don't know outrage just go back to (laughs) go back to clarence thomas yeah he almost wasn't a supreme court justice because there was a woman who said and she very well could have been telling the truth. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't know. But you took an accusation of Clarence Thomas talking about a pubic hair on a can of Coke. Yeah. And you almost kept him. Yeah. Out of the, the out of the Supreme Court. Right. There, it, it's just too selective. Mm-hmm. The outrage, um, and the accusations are just too selective based upon political bent to make yep. sense to me anymore. Yeah, even it didn't make a lot of sense then, but now it's really not making any sense to me. No, the the world doesn't make sense right now. I mean, if twenty twenty has taught us anything, is that people, when emotions run high, they will latch on to anything that feeds that emotion, be it logical or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing happen. Like people just want to be outraged by something. It's like a gang mentality. It's a gang mentality. It is, and it's and it's and it's it's creating this divisiveness in the country. And it's and it's so. When I listen to people have discussions, like other people, and I, and I take this step back, I'm like, you're both saying the same fucking thing, but you're arguing because that's what you feel like you have to do in this country right now. When really, when I listen to both of you, you actually want the same thing for the country. Mm-hmm. You have a little bit different way of saying it, but because you're so hell-bent on proving the other person wrong and arguing and being divisive, you're not seeing it. Right. And that's what's happening. And I truly believe that we all kind of want the same thing. No doubt. It's just we, we've, been, we've been conditioned recently to pick a side, dig your heels in, and be offended by the other side. Yeah. And what what's really even scarier is that some very rational people mm-hmm. out in all walks of life get so married to a side yeah. that they will die on that hill mm-hmm. for beliefs that they have been proven time and time again are factually inaccurate. <laughs> but they'll still die on that hill yeah. as opposed to taking a step back and saying, Wow, on this particular matter I am wrong. Yeah. I'm going to adjust my thinking and either be indifferent toward mm-hmm. it if you don't have, if if you're not able to muster enough courage to say I'm wrong, yep. at least be indifferent and come off that hill 
mm-hmm. but people are dying on that hill yeah. because they don't want to be perceived as being wrong. That's exactly right. That's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's it makes no sense to me. It, it, and I and I watch it happen all the time. And it's again, critical thinking is gone. Mob mentality is here, and we've got to fix. We've got to reverse those two things mm-hmm. to right the ship of this country. We have to. Buddy, I appreciate this, man. Sorry I kept you so long. No, man, um, I love it. I don't next, even know what time it is. Well, next <laughs> next time uh, you come in, uh, which, which will be very soon, Yeah, um, I'm working on this concept of, um, it's called the, uh, I don't know if I should release it, uh, <laughs> um, the special culture. Okay. The culture of being special. Because oh, I yeah. think that's kind of what, to me, that kind of encapsulates what's really going on yeah. right now. And I want to really talk to you about why, oh, yeah. why we just must have that feeling mm-hmm. of being special. Yet at the same time, mm-hmm. conversely, we're so quick to join a group. Yep. There's uh, a dichotomy there that I don't understand. That's a great topic, We're going to vet that out next oh, time. Can't wait. All right, buddy. Thank you. Rock, I appreciate it. Anytime, man. All right, friends. We are... Out. <laughs> Woo. That was fun, man. Dude. It's fucking heavy. That was a, that was a good conversation.